Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 131, your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm Red. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday evening. Oh, man. It's already been a week. <laughs> yeah, hasn't it, though? <laughs> it's just yeah. like uh, every day in quarantine is worth like three yeah. or four. <laughs> Yesterday was the longest six days of my life. <laughs> God. Yeah. Says audio could use some gain. All right. I'll take a look at that. Uh, see, it didn't seem too quiet to me. Although, no, we are a little down. Okay. Might Maybe I'm just sure. tired tonight. There we go. No, I think we're about good now. And, and right. I only got one audio source too, right? So I'm not. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm peaking at about negative three, which is right where I should be. You're just a one or two clicks lower. So I think we're, we're pretty good. I don't want right. to, don't want to screw with it. All right. And we're live. Welcome, Talking Heads. Once we live stream the latest in beer and tech news, I'm Jeff. He's Brett. Thank you for so thanks so much for joining us on this Wednesday evening. If you have never seen the show before, this is our once weekly live show. We talk about beer for about 20 minutes. Anything alcohol, beer, or liquor related that we want to talk about. We then move into tech news. Usually takes between 40 minutes and an hour. Followed up by games, pop culture, entertainment, or whatever we feel like doing. Uh, oftentimes leads to some uh, rather hostile Star Trek talk. Uh, <laughs> uh, we do drink alcohol on the show, although we do try to keep the f- content both. Yeah, uh, try to keep the content both. Why do I keep saying both? There, try to keep the content friendly in both language and content. There we go. Uh, if I can get through this intro, I think we'll be just fine. <laughs> And if you are drinking along with us, whether alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we will give some early show shout outs. Huh. With all that said, that only took two, the first two minutes. Uh, Brett, how you doing, buddy? Hanging in there. Hanging nice. in there. You know, isolation presents its own unique challenges every day, but uh, we're making do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as am I here, um, I've actually had to go into my office the last two days. Uh, today I spent the entire day in my office and, uh, it's been a while since I've done that. Yeah. Um, I think the longest I've been in my office has been about five hours. I've actually spent 16 hours the last two days. I spent two eight hour days in there. And I know it's like, Ooh, he went to work for two days. Ugh. When you haven't done that for over two months. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a little weird. Yeah, it was the same um, thing for me. I haven't really like worked away from home and yeah, probably like six to eight weeks. And uh, yesterday I went out for the first time and pulled like a 12 hour shift right. working from my car, of course. And so I'm like sitting in my car with it off and it's like only 70 degrees outside, but it's like bright and sunny. And I just like roasted in my car Yeah, thing of all time. Yep. Yeah, so... uh it's been a rough couple of days. There's a lot of stuff going on at work. That's just ever so much fun as we're getting through this whole period. Yeah. But business has to continue as usual. So we're trying to stay as business as usual as possible. Big, big spoon, 999 donation. Today is me and my wife's three year wedding anniversary. My wife wants you and, and, and sweater vest to take a shot if possible, please. Um, well, I don't know if I'm going to take a shot, and I don't know if, if Rhett's up for shots tonight. <laughs> I got to work we were talking about Yeah, we were talking about it before the show. He's actually got to drive to work at 10.30 tonight. Um, I will be finishing the show uh, with, uh, with something. 
Uh, so this is a Big Bottom Small Batch Barlow Trail Whiskey. It's an American blended whiskey finished in pork casks. Um, so that this is delish. this is something special. That sounds delicious. Um, uh, 91 proof. And uh, one of my favorite local distillers. This, these guys are actually up in Hillsboro. Um, and I, I bought probably a dozen different bottles from them. They are all unique and they are all fantastic. I have never been disappointed with something I bought from Big Bottom. Hashtag not sponsored, but call me. Yeah, for um, real. Cause I will talk the crap out of your brand. Uh, it, seriously, my favorite gin literally of all time, uh, is, uh, their barrel finished gin. Uh, it takes, it, it's like taking like the best of gin and the best of rye whiskey and blending it perfectly. It's it's amazingly good. Um, but uh, anyway, congratulations, big big spoon yeah, and years, man. and and Mrs. Little Spoon, I guess. Uh, <laughs> we'll call, yeah. um, Maybe just big uh, I'm not going to start with the shot, but I promise I will finish with the whiskey. Um, might even uh, might even double dip in the whiskey just for you tonight. So uh, congratulations on three wonderful years. Uh, after being married eight. <laughs> anyway, uh, Rhett, oh. what, are you, uh, what are you opening up tonight? Tonight, I got my last can of Prismatic. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so just keeping it, uh, keeping it a little chill. Jeff gave me a present last time uh, we were talking, but it's 12%. So uh, Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to dig that one out tonight, because uh, that one's a bit of a doozy. To. I was going to, but then when I found out that I was going to have to work, I was like, nah. Best not drink a 12.5 before a, uh, an eight-hour shift. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's going to be too much. So yeah. I'm, I'm keeping it keeping it simple. Prismatic. Y'all seen me drink it 100 times on the show. Prismatic's a classic. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, like, I really like Prismatic. Um, I am going to go for a uh, North Coast Brewing uh, Prankster. It's a Belgian-style quad. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Or excuse me, Belgian style golden ale. Uh, it's only a quad if it's only over 10%. Uh, this is a 7.6. Um, and it's a big old bottle. Uh, yeah. but yeah, I love, I love me a solid Belgian and, uh, this one promises to be that it's North coast. Same people who make uh, old Rasputin. Yeah. That looks so. delicious. So yeah. Well done, sir. So that is the, uh, plan for the evening. I didn't bring a glass. I'm just oh, a I ruined the pop. There we go. Yep, drinking this out of the can. It's got to be a first on the show, right? Uh, no. John and I drank the uh, Bud Light Orange and Lime out of uh, <laughs> out of bottles. It's it's very carbonated. It always tastes delicious. Very yeah, light. Very carbonated Russian. for a Belgian. Look how clear that is. Oh, there you go. Damn, that looks good. Yeah. Boom. Hey, we can see the reflection of what's going on in your beer there. That is literally crystal clear. That's amazing. <laughs> There's your thumbnail right there. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, who's drinking what? Uh, Novella Hodge, Surly Brewing, uh, Doppel Hellerbach, 9% ABV, aged on hickory honeycombs. That sounds amazingly good. Uh, let's see. Mississippi Mud, Black and Tan. Excellent. Um, uh, just killed off a Hop Stupid from Lagunitas. About to crack a Phantom Bride from Belching Beaver. That is a solid lineup there, Reverend. Um, uh, get out some Angel's Envy. Very nice. 
Uh, Scott, it's a port finish battle royale. Oh yeah, he's doing the Angel's Envy uh, cast finish. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see how yours compares, Scott. Uh, Steve Gunnick says, uh, mm, Lagunitas. Uh, Alice is drinking a, a Guinness, uh, because it's good for you. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. love me, love me a good nitro. Oof. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Nick, uh, Caveman is, uh, having a Henry Weinhardt's private reserve lager. Very nice. Uh, Greg Foster, Twisted Tea. Uh, Jeff won't let me bring Bud Light Lime. No, no, I won't. Uh, nor will I let you bring Bud Light Lemonade. You keep that crap to yourself. <laughs> Mr. I endorse hot, you know, <laughs> Bud Light Lemonade now. Uh, so we'll be looking for a new co-host when, uh, when this is all over. Um, let's see. Bite my bits. $2.23. You have something stuck on your teeth. Nope, we're good. But you know what? I'm not as vain as you are. So even if I did, I really wouldn't care. <laughs> uh, Magic Hat number nine. Very Oof, nice. That is a good beer. That's a good beer. Uh, Ikken drinking a Maddie Light. A Maddie Light. A Natty Light. There we go. Uh, very nice. All right. On to this Belgian. Oh. Dude, <laughs> that is everything I want out of an Abbey style ale. Like it's, it's crisp. It's, um, it's malty. It's just the right little touch of some of those German tr uh, traditional flavors. Like you kind of taste a little banana. You kind of taste a little ester, a little clove, little, little, um, almost like a nutmeg style spice, but it is just crisp, refreshing. Oh, that sounds uh, really good. This gets my approval. Yeah, I miss I miss doing the in-person shows because you don't realize <laughs> how much uh, craft computing uh, studios well-stocked fridge spoils you until uh, until you're locked in quarantine. Right. You buy your own beer. I mean, it's just <laughs> not the same. It's not the yeah. same. Well, uh, I, I've been a bad boy. Uh, so it's been three and a half months since I visited a liquor store. Our local <laughs> liquor store just opened their doors back up if you if you wear a face mask. So before it was, you had to call ahead and do curbside pickup. Um, and I just never went through the hassle of that. I never had the time to go there and sit for 20 minutes waiting for them to pick my order. Um, well, I drove by tonight and uh, they happened to have their their doors open and a couple signs there that said, if you wear a mask, you can come in and, and choose what you want. Uh, I left with $253 worth of liquid, uh. <laughs> <laughs> including five really good bottles of whiskey. Um, uh, it's been a long quarantine. My whiskey supply is, is dwindling. Yeah. It's so. never good when you see that. Well, I think I told you last time, I mean, that was a month ago now, but it's like, you know, I did my liquor store run early on and it's like just bought handles on handles of like the cheapest stuff they have. Well, that's all gone. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Um, so with, before quarantine, like we're talking like back towards like Christmas time, um, when I moved into my new house, so that was December 13th, I had 14 bottles of whiskey and probably 12 of them were near full. And that's the last time I visited the liquor store was right before that. So I no, it's been five months since I've been to a liquor store. Oh. Um, that's crazy. That that's an all time record. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, Anyway, uh, so I went into the look. Uh, oh, sorry, I was 
saying how much whiskey I had left. Uh, so I started with 14 bottles of whiskey in this house. Uh, I had dwindled all the way down to four, not including my handle and a half of Singroup 7 that I had left. Because that's just like <laughs> my house whiskey that I always yeah, have yeah. way too much of. Um, but uh, I was out of uh, Elijah Craig. I was almost out of, uh, of Bullet 95. I was completely out of scotch. I've got just like this little thing left of Speyside 10. Um, <laughs> I've got uh, maybe an ounce and a half left left of uh, Suntory Toki, uh, mm. Japanese whiskey. Um, I have maybe four ounces of Templeton left. Uh, nice, my Mictors nice. is almost gone. My Weller is almost gone. So like all of my bottles have like this much left in them. Nice. And and it's like, oh, I don't want to drink the last of it in case like I want like a hundred percent rye or a scotch or this, but they all dwindled to like three ounces left. And I'm like, I I gotta fix this. Gotta up gotta upgrade. Yep. Well So I came home with uh four really nice fifths and a uh uh 1.75 of uh Elijah Craig's uh small batch. Dang. <laughs> so dang. It was a good day. It was a good day. And then some various other spirits that I've been rolling on. Anyway, uh, we've been blabbing for 14 minutes now. Uh, oh, let's right. get let's get into today's news. Starting with, oh, uh, for the first time in 33 years, the Oregon Brewers Fest yeah. has been canceled. Um, this is pretty big news because Bad. the Oregon Brewers Fest is the largest outdoor uh, beer festival in the United States, and I believe it's the third largest beer festival overall. Um, this is where beer brewers come to show off what they have. It is one of the biggest events of the year. And uh, it, it's always been an Oregon thing. It's always been down at the waterfront park uh, down in Portland. And it's been running for 33 years straight. And on year 34, they have to cancel because of the virus. Now, everyone says, well, if we're able to go out by August, can't we just have the festival anyway? And I'm going to say the same thing that I said to uh, to some events in the last couple of weeks, um, like PAX West and CES and Computex and QuakeCon. The list goes on. These events literally have full-time staff devoted to making sure the events happen, from registering the locations to putting down deposits to getting vendors to show up to scheduling food carts to um, you know making hotel reservations and accommodations for the thousands upon thousands of guests that come down uh, something like 30,000 or 40,000 people come to the Brewers Fest every single year um, so it's a it's a pretty big deal um, and uh, because those those organizations have full-time employees and it is a full-time business making this event happen even though it's only a four-day event um, you have to schedule those things so far in advance. If you don't know that the space is going to be occupiable, you can't plan to have it open. And and we're kind of in that same situation. That's why Computex, you know, said, you know, we can push it back to September, but if we have to delay it even one more time, we're going to cancel it entirely. Um, that's why uh, PAX East uh, uh, was a very small event this year. And all of a sudden, after PAX East happened in February, all of the conferences just shut down. They're not suspending operations. They're not moving it. They're not. They're not doing anything else. They just stopped because there's not enough time in the four months leading up to actually plan that event. Yeah. See, it's it's a tough call, and I think like we're going to be seeing a lot of 
uh, events, making those hard decisions over the summer. All right. Um, but it's probably for the best, ultimately. It's yeah. hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel, especially when there's these super long running events that have never been stopped. Uh, you know, there is um, an event down in Lynn County, the Lynn County, I think it's Pioneer Picnic or something they call it. It's been going on for like 140 years. And this is the first year it's stopped. Um, I don't know. I think hopefully we'll we'll see some payoff for it, or at least we, we won't see any damage from it. But uh, I don't know. Best of luck to uh, the Oregon Brewers Festival next year. Hoping uh, it doesn't just die. I hope missing one year doesn't just kill all these events. Right. We'll and, and, and that's a risk that we run right now because without revenue, you can't keep your employees on. I mean, yeah. um, I have done work for a number of, of annual events and uh, there's a haunted house that I work with every single year. And he's worried about, is he going to be able to open in October? And not only that, but he has to think about, do I want to invest the infrastructure and time and money that goes into building the event in the five months leading up to that. Right. You know, we're, we're still five and a half months from Halloween, but that business starts October 1st and you have to be ready September 15th. And so there's four months left and that's all he has. And uh, if, if he doesn't know that he's going to be able to open his doors, he's not going to invest the 20 or $30,000 in startup costs. You know, he's got right. to save it for next year. So he has a chance of surviving. Um and, uh, and it's a big part of his personal income. And so, uh, you know, he's just a small business. That's all he does for, for income. Um, and, uh, and I know quite a few small businesses like that where they're like, if I shut down for two or three months, I'm unfinished. You know, if you can't yeah. pay your rent, if you can't pay your bills, if you can't pay your employees, you can't keep your doors open no matter how much you'd like to. Um, so it's a, it's a big thing right now. Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry to see the Oregon Brewers Fest have to shutter i have to agree with the decision and i like you said i hope it doesn't you know mean closing their doors forever yeah because that's a big event yeah no time will tell i'm rooting for him all right uh let's see um in the latest slugfest between uh, corporate giants, uh, Anheuser-Busch wins the latest round against uh, Molson Coors. Um, so uh, this has gone back the other direction now. Anheuser-Busch can indeed now advertise that the competing, competing brands contain corn syrup. <laughs> <laughs> We're over a year later from, uh, from Corn Syrup Gate. And uh, yeah, I think the king shall return in this one. We might get some more commercials about, uh, hey, did you did you order a bunch of corn syrup? They delivered it to our castle by mistake. <laughs> no, you must want the Miller Branch. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the latest is uh, the uh, seventh U.S. Court uh, of Appeals has overturned a federal judge's ruling in September. Um, ruling that, no, in fact, Budweiser and Anheuser-Busch Corporation have every light, right to claim that they brew with corn syrup because, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to think of this one. I don't know who's right. I don't know who's wrong, but it's really fun to watch them go at each other. 
Yeah, the back and forth has been fun. Mm -hmm. uh, Rule Drive Subi, late to the party, but drinking some Blood of the Unicorn. Wait, there are still people who care about corn syrup? Uh, yeah, the corn farmers of America. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm not even lying. I'm not even lying. It's, a, it's an organization, and it's an organization of corn farmers. And the reason they're upset is there's only a couple things that you use corn for. Um, well, that, there's actually multiple things, but one of the big things is producing corn syrup for an artificial sweetener. Uh, the other is ethanol, uh, producing yeah. corn that, that you can uh, distill down into ethanol um, and you know sell for grain in, in different distil uh, distillation processes. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it it's a whole thing. They they were so upset at uh, at Anheuser Busch that after the Super Bowl happened, after that that ad campaign ran, uh, there were Twitter videos of people like dumping beer down the sink and tearing up Bud Light T-shirts, and it, it was a whole deal. Um, and I don't exactly blame them if if that's your entire business and, and yeah. your livelihood, and someone all of a sudden is trying to imply a negative connotation. With or without merit, I, I'm actually not sure on on that whole whole argument. Um, but uh, with or without merit, if they're putting a negative connotation on your livelihood and and attacking what is your literal only product, um, I'd be upset too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like they don't have a right to be bothered by it. So, yeah, exactly. So. Who knows who's right, who's wrong. Uh, we're actually going to skip the next story because it wouldn't load without logging into Facebook. And I wasn't going to log into Facebook just to read it. Well, uh, wait. Unless you want to talk about it real quick. I wonder if I could, uh, let's see. Oh, you disabled screen sharing, you son of a gun. That's fine. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it, but I have it up. And uh, yeah, I, I hated the story, but it yeah. got a good laugh. At yeah. Um, uh, so, so for those who don't it. know, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Sure. Okay, fine. Fine. Uh, gosh, now it's auto-playing a video. No, screw it. I'm not talking about it. <laughs> not talking I know about it auto-played a video. That's yeah, it I'm done. the most obnoxious thing of all time. <laughs> I'm done. But I Moving loaded on. it way a long, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're done. Yeah. We're done. Um, so this is a, a nice quick story. Uh, and it's uh, 600 breweries are coming together uh, to craft a beer for a, a good cause. And uh, I'm sure we all know what that cause is. Uh, you know, aforementioned beer illness, uh, you know, human malware, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so uh, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of breweries are finding themselves in very, very difficult times. Uh, we, we talked about uh, kegs being smashed and just dumped down the drain because they have a three-month shelf life. And if bars aren't open, then kegs aren't being tapped and you have wasted inventory. And there's nothing you can do with that except maybe open it up and distill it back down and create ethanol hand sanitizer um, or do what uh, a couple local breweries have done and uh, rush and can uh, your, your kegs before they expire. Um, or give it away. You lose your inventory. Right. <laughs> Um, which by the way, thank you, Sandy M for doing home delivery. I loved my, <laughs> my, uh, governor's reserve pirate stout. That was oh. phenomenal. And, uh, the wee willies, uh, scotch ale. 
Oh God. Yes. I, they I are, had both of those. They are the best brewery in this area, I think. They just they I, always blow me away with some of their specialty beers like that. I would agree. Uh, it's the first time I've seen the the, the uh, Scotch Strong Ale on, in cans. Uh, it's only ever been on draft. And yeah. you could tell because it was a temporary label slapped on a can. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they didn't have any can art for it mark, mocked up. Um, but uh, anyway, more than 600 breweries in 48 states and 51 countries have created their own altogether beer. So much like the, uh, uh, what was the Sierra Nevada uh, beer? For the Chico yeah, fires, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Can't, the can't. Uh, oh dang it! Gosh. Uh, fire beer. Resilience. Resilience IPA. Damn it! Much like the Sierra Nevada <laughs> Resilience IPA, you can't out Google me. Do you know what I do for a living? Well, what's What's funny is I had it. I just couldn't say it fast enough. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally a professional Googler. Thank you very much. Well, how many words did it take for you to get it? Because I just Googled Sierra beer. I Googled Sierra Sierra camp. All right, fine. Two words versus three. Big old middle finger to you. Yep. Fine. It's about knowing what your keywords are going to be when searching for something. So be it. I defer to your judgment. (sighs) (laughs) I take the win. Anyway, 600 breweries have come together to create an altogether beer. Each brewery was given the same base recipe and added their own twist. So unlike the Sierra Nevada, where they're providing grains and they're providing, you know, the exact uh, uh, mash bill, uh, they're actually saying, here's the base recipe, do something else to it. And so each of these cool. 600 breweries are going to be doing their own little local twist to this beer. Um, and uh, That's cool. Urban, yeah, and Urban South Brewery in Houston is donating its funds to uh, the Southern Smoke Foundation um, and uh, trying to go towards, towards relief efforts for you know, people that are affected by this. Um, so very, very cool thing. I love seeing breweries respond like this, just like I, I praise Sierra Nevada for starting the, the resilience campaign. Um, and getting, what was it, 1,500 breweries involved in the campfire relief for Austria, or for uh, Chico County. And then later on for Australia, they, they did the same thing for the Australia fires uh, this last winter, their summer. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, the Southern Smoke Foundation uh, provides more than $400,000 to uh, unemployed hospitality workers. So your, your wait staff, your bartenders, your, your chefs, your cooks, your servers, uh, that's that's what that foundation is going to is is helping those people kind of weather the storm here. So very cool yeah. story. Um, and uh, if you happen to see uh, altogether IPA or altogether beer, uh, make sure to pick up a pack and and go to support in that. Sounds good. Hey, did I freeze? Uh, yeah, your video is frozen. What I is... thought you were just sitting really still. Yeah, I know. That's a prank I like to play on people. But God, yeah. what is? Oh man, what is going on with this world? Well, let me double check. <laughs> Let's just go to Rhett. <laughs> hey, it's also occurred to me, like if there's there we uh, go. Woo! It's also occurred to me that um perhaps I could just I, I didn't realize that I could probably just sync up audio from this device. 
and not have two streams going to you. Can we see if eh. it works? Uh, it doesn't so matter if it's one stream or two video. stream. You're just sending them to uh, to to our chat service. So, well, I'm. Worried. I think we're good. I'm worried if it's if it's uh, not synced up at at all. But no, nobody said anything. Okay, no, it's great. Cool. I'm not gonna worry about it. Yeah, you've all been right. mildly off sync a couple times, but nothing worth worrying about. That's not too bad for this ghetto setup I got rolling tonight. It, it's really not. For those who don't know, he's streaming off his phone and talking from his computer. <laughs> my freaking webcam just like it, it uh, stops uh, syncing up with my computer when I plug it in for whatever reason. Like I just can't get it to work right now. So yeah, uh, I think the port's damaged. I might try to repair it, but uh, is what it is. You know, you spend 50 bucks on a, on a little action camera. That's yep. what you pay for. So. <laughs> Yep, exactly. So we'll get you something eventually. Something uh, maybe a little better than that. Anyway, uh, let's move on. So uh, 8.35, end of beer news, finally. So 30 minutes in. That's not too bad. That's not too bad no. for a remote stream. Remember, it takes us twice as long to introduce beer to say hello, and it took me three minutes to get through the introduction today. So. <laughs> I'm still not sure I finished it. This might still be technically the intro. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, one of my favorite uh, recent Linux distributions, uh, Pop! OS from the, uh, the fine folks there at System76, um, they have finally released version 20.04 LTS. Um, I one could not be more happy to, to give this one a spin. Um, I've been kind of waiting for Pop! OS to, to come out uh, with, with 20.04. Uh, because I, I again want to revisit uh, Steam on Linux, or as I call it, Steam OS Revisit, because that was the original concept, although Steam OS hasn't been updated since I published the initial video. Although Valve is there, Steam OS is not dead, don't worry about it, but the Steam client for Linux is getting updates, but Steam OS is not. Um, so I've been kind of wanting to give it a another spin and see if number one is the installation easier for getting uh, uh, Proton and uh, VKDX and and all the different plugins to work, so you can have literal ninety five percent Windows compatibility inside of Linux on uh, on your Steam games, um, or is it just kind of stagnant? Um, I really haven't kept up with it all that much, and I I thought it was about time since it's about a year later uh, to re-explore that concept. Um, so a uh, bunch of new features inside of 2004. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with Pop! OS, it is an Ubuntu-based uh, OS. And don't correct me on Ubuntu. You know, there, there <laughs> don't is- Don't at me. I'm not going to say Ubuntu because, and, and don't, don't go there. Don't go there. I will troll you right back. Um, it's Ubuntu. I, I say the ooh, I, I give it the ooh. And I know it's a tribe in Africa. I know it's named after the tribe. I know all that. But saying Ubuntu is, is just a little bit too much for me. So Ubuntu, which is how everyone else says it. Um, this is a variant of Ubuntu. It's uh, based on the same uh, Debian distribution as Ubuntu, but it has a lot of user-friendly features built into it uh, that make it, I don't want to say a little bit more Windows-like, but a little bit more user-friendly from the interface. Um, Things are in a little bit more familiar places. Your keyboard shortcuts are very similar to Windows instead of being radically different uh, like they are in Ubuntu. Um, and uh, it's uh, the, the couple of times I've, I've played with uh, with 1904, I was very, very impressed with it. 
and uh, and I kind of wanted to wait for uh, for 2004 to come out to do a revisit, and uh, now I finally can. Um, there are uh, two different ISO images available for it, uh, one with an Intel and AMD-based driver package for graphics cards, and another with an NVIDIA graphics cards package. Um, I'm assuming it's using the uh, Nuevo uh, NVIDIA graphics, uh, which is an open source NVIDIA driver. Um, and uh, download the one you want and and click install. Uh, like I said, this just released, uh, was it two days ago? No, four days ago. Uh, so May 1st, this dropped. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to give this one a shot. Uh, you much of a Linux guy, Rhett? I don't know if you've ever... No, not really. <laughs> Coming as a shock to everyone. <laughs> sure, your computer could run it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's not about whether or not I have the hardware capability, Jeff. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> it's more. It's more of a wetware problem, you could say. <laughs> yeah that's one way of putting it for sure <laughs> yeah i don't know you know it's like when i was in high school it's like all of my buddies would dabble with linux mm -hmm. and i just never never quite got there i don't know never quite fell into my my wheelhouse of interest i guess when it came to computing so hmm. don't at me uh jfz how bad is manjaro these days um manjaro is an arch distro for those who don't know um it's about as bad as arch um it's it's not that it's terrible um it's just that tends to be very finicky it's very specific on what it wants it's very specific on order of operations and how you install packages and everything pretty much has to be installed manually um but uh, it runs, and if you're a Linux guru who likes tinkering in Linux to make things work, I'm sure it works just fine for you. For those looking for a point-and-click interface, look elsewhere, uh, because it's Arch. <laughs> and uh, I've been able to get Arch to successfully boot. Nothing worked in it, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, if you if you like spending long weekends compiling your own driver sets, <laughs> look up Arch. See, I guess I guess I could go back and redact a little bit of what I said because I do a lot of tinkering on my uh, Raspberry Pi, but everything I'm doing is a lot of just googling. So I can't mm -hmm. profess to be any sort of expert. I just Google and find what works. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't we all sometimes? Uh, I, I actually ran into a significant problem this last weekend. Um, so for those who haven't seen my most recent video, um, I'm trying to re-explore uh, the cloud gaming computer or cloud gaming server concept. So kind of a six gamers, one CPU, but all of them being able to be remote anywhere in the world. Um, and, uh, and so distributed gaming system. Uh, or productivity system or whatever have you. Um, I ran into an issue where I'm trying to run some specific cards to do that. And every time I searched Parsec or Grid <laughs> or Tesla, it came up with my own videos. <laughs> so my SEO is off the freaking chart. But unfortunately, you can't find the crap. 
that I need to do the research to further <laughs> explore this project. It's funny. I was seriously the first page and a half of results. It's like, stop up. It's funny because I was uh, I, I was working on our uh, game jam for Game Devs Quest. It was wrapping up this last weekend, and and I was having a lot of trouble getting some stuff to work in Unity, and uh, so I started googling the problem, googling the problem, and I swear my whole weekend was spent googling it. And I thought about putting a credit screen at the very end of the game, and not including my own name, just like all of the like the handles for the advice that I took or the lines of code that I like jimmy to get to work just right like yeah because <laughs> it's like none of it was like original work that i plugged in it was all like other people's suggestions or tips online on stack exchange or what have you so uh, I'll, I'll i'll tell you how obscure this cloud gaming server has been <laughs> uh i talked to uh to wendell himself i talked to to level one text wendell and uh explained to him what i was trying to do with grid and tesla cards and his response was that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was actually helpful with getting me uh, kind of pointed in the right direction on a couple things, but he had no idea if it would work. He had no idea where I was going. Um, so that was kind of a fun interaction. Yeah. See, it's fun. When you, when, when you stump Wendell on a virtual machine and, <laughs> yeah. and Linux-based question, you know you've done done it. <laughs> It's fun because you've had this idea going around your noggin for like more than a year now, or at least a bit year. bit over a year. Yeah. yeah. So uh, kudos to you for coming up with an original <laughs> idea. Not many people have those. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. funny because I remember when you first described it, I was like, yeah, that seems simple enough. <laughs> Why wouldn't that be possible? <laughs> um, so I will say I've been having some great success uh, with the three GTX 690s. Now, unfortunately, I can't get more than six gaming rigs going. I can't distribute the power of the graphics cards. It's one graphics card to one VM. Uh, so I'm able to run six VMs, but uh, I was successfully playing Crisis the other night on a netbook at 60 FPS at 1080p with no stuttering. Uh, yeah. And that was freaking awesome. Just quad core Atom, basic, you know, four or five year old netbook. I think it was... Uh, uh, the D3250 uh, quad-core Atom or something like that. Nice. Um, and, uh, man, that thing flew. That that was so great. Man, you um, got your prototype off the ground faster than Google got Stadia rolling, so... I know, with better <laughs> results, too. I can actually get six people online at the same time. <laughs> Suck it, Google. Uh, and uh, so I'm... I'm currently working on that one, and I'm still exploring ways to get uh, the Tesla M60s to do the same thing. Uh, I will likely have to change VM hosts entirely again, because right now I'm on VMware. Uh, so I've gone from uh, Proxmox, which pretty much didn't work at all uh, for the level of thing that I was trying to do, uh, to Citrix, which would only work with version 6.2 with grid K1 and K2 cards. Other than that, they will not distribute graphics, and Citrix even has a little bit of a difficult time disguising the VM host from the guest client, which means passing through NVIDIA cards is inherently difficult. Uh, VMware has a one-click operation for hiding uh, your host OS, and so that's been pretty simple to get the GTX 690s going, and uh, I have more than enough power to power all six gaming rigs in this system with room to spare. Um, but uh, 
Uh, yeah, the next step will probably be going to the Tesla M60s, and I have a special guest appearance from another card as well that I'm going to try to uh, sucker into that mix as well. Uh, I'm going to try to make an 8-gamer uh, cloud gaming rig uh, with Teslas, or possibly more if I'm able to properly distribute the Tesla GPUs, as I should be able to. I should be able to break them up into two or four chunks. Um, but uh, man, it's it's been a process. And by the way, that will be an entirely different VM host from anything you've seen before. <laughs> I love how I love how what was going to be like a two video series turned into a three video series, four video series onwards. <laughs> I have at least parts five, six and seven planned at this point. So and I'm still in the middle of exploring part five. And I've got another project that I'm trying to get published before Saturday as well. So See, that's spent, how you know it's a good idea, though. It's like... I know. You it's know. because it's actually captured me and, and made me passionate about, right. this is going to work. Right. See, the worst thing would be coming up with an idea where you get a solid video out of it and you try to milk it for a sequel, you know? It's just yeah. so hollow and empty. Or, or it's just like version 2.0. It's like nothing different. And yeah. It, yeah. No. Kudos, man. That's awesome. Thank you. I love watching those videos. Thank you. So, yeah, it's been fun. Um, and uh, uh, so it's been a cluster. It's been a little bit of a cluster. Um, <laughs> uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. Uh, see, hardwired or Wi-Fi? I was over Wi-Fi when I was playing on the Chromebook or playing on the, uh, the netbook. Um, has to be hardwired. No, it was over Wi-Fi. It was over 802.11n. So, um, and it was actually not even in the best spot in my house. My my access point is way up the stairs and around the corner. Um, and I'm in a basement. So everything around me is stone. And uh, I got enough signal to play. It only takes 10 megs. Um, <laughs> I mean, you could snag RX for so many RX 580s for uber cheap. Um, actually, an RX 580 would cost me more than one of these GTX 690s. Um, and I posted the links to those. Uh, I paid $81 each for all three of those, uh, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, and there's two GPUs per one of those. Now, if you also looked at my Supermicro motherboard, there's only three X16 slots. There's also three 8X slots, but two problems with that. Number one is no one makes a single slot RX 580. There is the Fire Pro V something. Uh, there is a Fire Pro variant of the RX 580 with eight gigabytes of memory. That is a one U card. However, it is loud as everything I wanted to say was a swear. I have one <laughs> and I've been thinking about testing it uh, just, for, just for the lulls, but there is no single slot RX 580 and the 8X slots on here are not open back. So I can't put a 16X card into an 8X slot. It's, it wouldn't work. Um, so yeah. Uh, so I think six gamers is the most that I'll get out of the direct VM setup. I'm hoping to get upwards of eight or more in future videos, but uh, those will be quite a bit in the future because I, I need to stop paying attention to this so much. <laughs> it's literally right here. I, I love this thing. Um, I need to stop paying attention to that so much and uh, uh, start working on a couple other projects. Um, yeah. I'd go with KVM and Bleeding Edge uh, QEMU. It has some nice features. Uh, Virtuo FS. 
Yeah, it uh, that does have some nice features, but unfortunately it still doesn't do distributed graphics cards. I can't give GPU power to a host and say, use up to 10% of your CUDA cores um, and, and distribute it like that. I'm waiting for someone to figure out a system to do that, where you basically segment off sections of your graphics card and section it off just like you would section off a couple of threads on your processor. Um, Windows does something similar to that with uh, remote effects in hypervisor. Uh, but unfortunately, they've also uh, 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 decommissioned isn't the right word, but uh, they're, they're no longer doing uh, remote effects in server 2019. I can install server 2016, but I'm also not sure if the Tesla M60s or the other mystery card that I purchased is going to actually be able to work in that scenario. If they'll actually do 3D rendering without being in graphics card mode and doing NVIDIA grid licensing inside of remote effects. So that's a whole nother ball of wax. That's like a sequel or a, a preview of part five, maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, the goal is to build a backpack mounted VR system. No, the goal is to have a 100% wireless headless VR system. Um, so yeah. Uh, reminds me of that single slot uh, 1050 Ti from Inno3D. How about the uh, the Shuriken, I think it was, GTX 1070 single card, or single slot card. That thing was a freaking beast. I forget who made that one, but someone made a GTX 1070 in a single slot. By the way, I'm on my second drink, which is a LaCroix, everybody. Key Oh, snap. Mm. Uh, like Freud. so delicious. how dare hey. you sully that blazer's cup hey you shut it that's that's, that's not stoudemire is it no it's buck williams okay okay old school you, you can pour that in buck williams if that was a terry porter i'm gonna slap <laughs> this is usually this is this is dumb but this is usually my dr pepper cup you only put Dr. Pepper in here. I Dr. Pepper in the Dr. Jack. I like it. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, I I was looking through my my cupboard and I thought, what would look better on camera? And I yeah. just I thought the Blazers glass. So uh, someone said uh, the Katana. Yeah, it was the Katana uh, 1070, and I believe it was Galax that did that one. Um, sounds like SRIOV. Haven't done that with video cards. It'd be sweet when I'm ready. Um, I was actually looking at. Uh, you can do SRIOV with AMD cards, with some a AMD cards. Uh, the uh, S7150 and uh, 7150X2 both do SRIOV. And so you can distribute graphics uh, power the same way we you distribute threads on your processor. Um, but those cards are still exceedingly expensive. Now I did find one card on eBay, uh, a 7150X2, where the bid is at 50 bucks right now. And I'm considering buying it. Now there's, no heat sinks on it. There's no IO plate. It's literally just the bare PCB and GPU dies and it's for parts only. But for 50 bucks, I might be willing to take a shot and like jury rig some, some really janky water cooling onto it and see if I could at least play with SRIOV and see if that's something worth exploring. Um, uh, AMD also has the V9300, uh, which I would love to get my hands on one of those. Uh, but unfortunately, those also don't do any direct 3D or Vulkan in, uh, renderization. They're, they're only compute cards. And that's a problem with a lot of these high-end enterprise cards, like the Tesla M60, is unless you have specific licensing or unless they're specifically unlocked, they won't do standard gaming rasterization. Um, 
So, look for LaCroix vaguely tastes of lime. Dude, actually, I will say, so, you know. Was kept in a bag with a bushel of lemons. My favorite one was, uh, it tastes like water that had a dream of lime. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love uh, all the different sayings. Yeah, there, there's some good ones. I, I'm not like super, I don't really care about, you know, I don't know. I, I don't mind the LaCroix. I don't mind any of the seltzer waters that are like flavored or whatever. But LaCroix this- tastes like if you were drinking carbonated water and someone screamed out the name of a specific fruit in the other room. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but see, you ever get that like when you're eating something and you think it's one flavor, but then it's actually another flavor? There's a joke I have to tell you after the stream. <laughs> oh no it must be good it must be uh there's also a Lacroix tastes like when my foot falls asleep (laughs) yeah because it's all tingly i can see that that's Lacroix transported in a truck near bananas hint of hint of limes single skittle dissolved in water yeah shy watermelon (laughs) imagine like a strawberry but with low battery (laughs) yeah i can see that one too that's a good one if y'all haven't had this like key lime flavor though, that's uh, pretty dope. It's good, man. It yeah. tastes exactly like key lime pie tastes like. Um, one of the reasons I get them is to mix them with vodka. So yeah, there you go. I think that's why all people get them. <laughs> I legitimately don't mind them. Like if I want something that's like not unhealthy for me but not just like water from the tap it's like i can reach into the fridge yeah. and grab one it itches the same itch as like cracking open a beer right. or like a pop i guess yeah i don't know they're not amazing but like i got them on sale from winco man these these key lime lacroix were on sale for like two bucks for a half rack what are you gonna do so american cosworth says funny guys after my heart surgery that s is all i can drink <laughs> that's really yeah. funny I, I i hope you good health I, I i wish you very good health and and i apologize that that's all you can drink anymore yo buddy uh, no uh, Rhett's on your side here buddy like yeah. I, i'm not pretentious about what i drink everybody's seen the beers i drink i was gonna bring a coors light onto the show but then i was like oh. I, I was gonna bring it on but i was like it's only one percent less alcohol than the prismatic which is way better right obviously right but uh you know that's where i'm at I'm yeah because prismatic's what a five five i think it's uh five nine five nine, I'm five, nine. okay yeah you're close you're, you're almost spot on. I'm in ballpark. <laughs> We're just <Yeah>. guessing. <laughs> it's like White Claw, but even more depressing. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You know what is surprisingly good with LaCroix? Uh, a little bit of amaretto. Yeah, I can see that. It adds a little bit of sweetness to it. It adds just a little bit, little, little bit of that alcohol kick that you kind of yeah. want. Um, and it kind of enhances whatever flavor is there. Um, so with the lemon lime, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Amaretto and Sprite's a pretty solid combo, but LaCroix, if you just want, you know, a little bit of carbonated water or seltzer or whatever, with just yeah. a hint of hint of lime, it's not a bad well, way you know, to go. You know, and I got like super, like when my wife was pregnant last summer, it's like, I, I, out of solidarity, there's a lot of times we're out and I wasn't drinking alcohol with her, but like we were doing this thing, like where we weren't telling people we weren't drinking or whatever, or that I wasn't drinking. And so we'd go and like, yo, can I get a club soda with lime? Can I get a club soda and lime in a cocktail glass? And then you get something that looks like you're drinking a gin and tonic or whatever you have. It's just club soda and lime. That's what LaCroix tastes like. 
You put LaCroix in a cocktail glass with ice, you're drinking a club soda with lime. It's the same thing. Right. <laughs> totally the same thing. I will stand up for anybody who has to drink LaCroix because of heart surgery. Yep. I'll never bash it. No, we, we constantly have it in our house. I even drink it. See? I still make fun of See? it, but I drink it. It's because you have an audience, Jeff. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a shill. <laughs> See, I'm not ashamed. I have a reputation to upkeep, Rep. Rhett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Did you just call me Rep? I did. I called you Rep. Because you think I'm repping LaCroix? Because I'm on LaCroix's payroll? You're on LaCroix's payroll. <laughs> You're yeah. on the payroll of Big Seltzer. <laughs> yeah. That's right, dude. I forgot Alka-Seltzer. Actually, see, Pharma would ha pharma would pay. Pharma would pay. Alka-Seltzer, they got money. LaCroix, they don't got money. <laughs> they can't even afford fruit to put in their beverages. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One Skittle per drink, everybody. <laughs> this one's going to be wild berry. Mm, it's close enough. Go ahead and... What is it? They have a berry flavor, but it's got like a weird name, I think. Actually, it's LaCroix making me think of the sprinkled sugar meme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, look, just be thankful I didn't bring a Rainier on. All right. I, I'm always thankful you don't bring a Rainier on. I'm always thankful when John's not on because I know I'll get, at least get a halfway decent beer. <laughs> I will say he, um, I think everyone brings about the same average level of beer. But John's just way the cripple first. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he will bring me legit, like Pabst whiskey and uh, Zima, and <laughs> and he brought Zima on the show. Um, he did, uh, and and we were looking for anything to make it better. Um, John and I also had to do the shot of tequila and peppermint schnapps. Um, but, uh, every once in a while he'll bring me a Firestone Parabola or he'll bring me a, uh, you know, uh, a Goose Island, uh, Bourbon County Stout coffee, or he'll bring, you know, like a blue label you Goose know, Island or something like he makes up for it as much as it pains me. But oh, do I have to suffer for three months to get there? Right. As much as it pains me to say it, like we do got to give him a little bit of credit because he used to be the proprietor of what I called the Mid Valley's number one curated tap house. Yep. So whatever that means, <laughs> I used to say it. <laughs> Do I regret it? Absolutely, Jeff. I regret it. But uh, oh well. You know, we can only go forward. No looking back. <sighs> There's something else I was going to say. I'm suddenly having a difficult time remembering it. Civil found the joke that I wasn't going to say on air if you want to read it. <laughs> oh, is it on? Uh, it's on the chat. Uh, I got to. I had to close the YouTube chat because uh, it kept Zoom kept telling me like, yo, dude, fucking up. Oh, sorry. I said a bad word. I'm a bad person. I said <laughs> frugging up. That's what I said. It, it, he said fug. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You could tell that there wasn't a CK in there. Yeah. Sorry to ruin your it, it, was, it was double G. Get it right. Uh, who said it? Sybil. Not his last comment, but the comment before that one. LaCroix is like drinking Sprite. Wait a minute. I don't see this. You don't see it? It's, how, in the, it's 
Not in, it's in the YouTube chat. It's there. YouTube chat. Oh, well, don't worry about it. Uh, I'm the worst. I'm, I'm scrolling. I don't see it. I don't yeah. see it. It's only like seven up. It's, it's not that far up. He has a LaCroix taste like when someone ate fruit salad and burped into your water bottle. Dang it. <laughs> it's a good one. I love all these that are coming through, by the way. Huh. Yeah, this is not on my, this is not on mine. I wonder how yeah. far back my chat is. Don't worry about it. Yeah, sorry. The number one comment on mine is from Americano's Worth. It's dirty. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't even see that one. All right. What? Are you on What's the right my... channel? You on the yes, right I'm channel? on the right channel. Gosh. I'm on the right channel. I'm on it. I can see my face. All right, all right. We're moving on. We're out of time. Rhett's pulling the show down. Gosh, guys. Technology is hard. If I was prepared, I could have read it, but... All right. Closing chat again. I'm on Discord, though. Okay. I'm chatting with folks. They told me that I look like Dave Grohl, which is true and a compliment. And I thank you because he's like one of my rock and roll heroes. So I, I freaking love Dave Grohl. Yeah, who doesn't, man? Have you seen the, uh, was it the Swedish? Uh, was he in Sweden when he broke his leg on stage? Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. That show Did you is epic. No, no, no. So, so the show itself is epic. Because he falls off the stage, he breaks his leg, um, and uh, and he literally goes, "Someone go get me a shot of whiskey right now!" <laughs> and so someone ran off stage, got him like a, a two or two and a half ounce of whiskey, and he just slammed it. Yeah. And then and then a whole bunch of painkillers, and he and uh, and and they hauled it, or they he's sitting there on the stage, and they're still playing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and whatnot. Um. So. Uh, Anyway, a doctor happened to be in the crowd and ran up and was like holding his leg in place. And uh, uh, basically the story goes that he's like, you need to go to the hospital. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to keep playing. We're going to play this concert. <laughs> and by the way, he fell on the first freaking song of the concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he falls off the stage, breaks his leg. The doctor is literally holding his leg in place. He's putting pressure onto his knee and holding his femur in place because he's afraid that if he lets it go, It'll hit an artery. It'll yeah. create nerve and muscle damage. Like, like Dave Girl may never walk again unless I hold his leg in place <laughs> and brace it because we have nothing to brace it with. And so for the next two and a half hours, <laughs> yeah. this guy is holding Dave Girl's leg and, and listening to the concert like this. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine he's like, yo, I'm a doctor, but in fact, he's like not. He's just got like a super crush on Dave Grohl. And he's like, if I don't hold this, you're going to die. <laughs> it's like now to be chicken. fair. Uh, so so this happened in Sweden. I believe it was Sweden. Um, they brought Dave Grohl onto a talk show in Sweden and yeah. they were they were talking about the incident and uh, and whatnot. And he goes, yeah, it was the most intense thing. You know, I, you know, you know in the whiskey and you know, show must go on. And, and I and I come right back for uh, um, I forget what song he came back on and whatnot but uh he said yeah the doctor's just sitting there like holding my leg in place and staring at me going you gotta go to the the hospital and it's like i'm not going anywhere yeah um anyway the doctor was there they invited the doctor oh, good, to the good, show good. and so they got a nice reunion hug and everything else and and they got a, a huge laugh out of the whole thing See, um my dave girl moment for me it's like uh, there's there's so many of them obviously it's like nirvana was and, you all tuned in for this not the tech talk right yeah sorry like, guys <laughs> nirvana is like my favorite band and and uh and uh, when uh, Nirvana got inducted into the Hall of Fame, you know, Dave Grohl gave like the acceptance speech and it was just the best thing ever because he goes up there 
and everybody's being like so like they're just so worried about decorum and all this stuff he goes up there mm -hmm. and i'm sh I, I kid you not he said the f word like 50 times yeah. and it was just like got me right here you know and yeah. i remember like my mother -in -law, man of my own heart right there my mother-in-law goes <laughs> why is he cussing so much and he literally goes and anybody who says i cuss too much can go f themselves <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect Oh, I just loved it. And then he's just, you, in, you, know, you invited a a an 80s and 90s rock and roller to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to accept induction. And you expected him to be like, I'd like to thank the Academy for bringing me here today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and then, of course, he goes off on and people who are nothing saying, but like, love, guys, roll. nothing but love. Yeah, he goes off on the people that are saying like rock and roll's dead. And he goes, are you kidding me, man? There's yeah. still people out there making music, doing all this crazy. Oh, I just love that guy. He's the best. Did you uh, happen to see uh, Post Malone and Travis Barker uh, do a Nirvana tribute? No. Live stream a couple, like, I think it was last week. Do, do I want to? It's so good, man. Everybody is it? Post Malone. Is it? it yes. Because I'm one of the Post Malone, like, can go suck it. Ones. Dude, it, like, I, might, I, I hate it might convert music. you. It might convert you. If you like That's Nirvana. It. it may make me like that song. May, may make me like a cover that he did. Here's the thing. Um, I'd never liked Post Malone. And then I saw him do some concerts where he was like, you know, I'm done doing this thing. I'm going to play guitar. And he grabs a guitar and he just starts like doing his thing. And it's yeah. like not the best, but it's like you could tell how much he likes doing it. You know, he's, right. he's the type of guy who if he wasn't doing his like trap career, he would be in a punk band or something. It's yeah. like he's he does like the whole Kurt Cobain sh sh uh, bit in this tribute concert <laughs> spiel yeah i was gonna say spiel but bit i know spiel. I <laughs> spiel but spiel he does he said spiel guys yeah spiel spiel i'm trying not to cuss get off my butt um but travis barker plays drums he obviously kills it because he kills everything he does on drums he has a whole band um i don't know who the other two people are personally but man he nails it. He opens up with like one of my top three favorite Nirvana songs. Francis Farmer will have a revenge. Uh, and he just kills it. And then he goes right into um, uh, Drain You, which is like in my top five favorite Nirvana songs, And just kills it. One. You can tell they play like one. for more than an hour. Yeah. It's so good. And they don't and they never play Smells Like Teen Spirit, which like if you know Nirvana, that is like the number one no-no. If you're going to tribute Nirvana, you don't play "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Exactly, and and I, <laughs> if if you're going to cover a band, you don't play the number one song that everyone goes to see that band for. Exactly. Um, if you're Metallica, if you're a Metallica cover band, you don't play "Whiskey in a Jar." If <laughs> if if you're you know like like there there's rules to all of this. If you are a Michael Jackson cover band, uh, what what's the rule there? Because you've got so many. Uh, thriller. <laughs> I, I was gonna say either Thriller or Beat It. Like yeah. like those are the two that you don't do. Yeah, and there's probably a bunch more, but that's kind of like the big two. Those those are the two though. Yeah. Um, and uh, you just you just leave those alone. You know, you you let the the original artists keep their moment in the spotlight. Unless you can do something incredibly wild with it. Unless you have taken a brand new spin and it is the best thing I have ever heard. Um, if you're a Jeff Cohen cover band, you don't cover Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's... Uh, 
But uh, uh, my favorite ever Nirvana moment is uh, Dave Grohl was playing a music festival and uh, Rick Astley happened to be there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, right. Great. Right. So they did a, a metal cover of uh, Never Gonna Give You Up with Rick, a Rick Astley singing it. And that was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Dude, that'd be legit. But that's the thing, man. Like Rick Astley, he totally leans into like what's made him famous. Like he doesn't shy right. away from the fact that like Rick rolls and all that stuff. He loves it. He yeah. loves every minute of it. Yeah. He yeah. created, he made a whole album that was like kind of like a spoof on, um, I'm pretty sure he, he created an album a couple of years ago and it was like a spoof on Adele's album. Not a spoof. That's the wrong word, but it was like, he was, I think he was like looking at like what was number one in the charts and he's like, Oh, Adele's yeah. number one in the charts. And I think he kind of like tipped his hat to her. He like named mm -hmm. his, his album this in the same, uh, cause I think she had an album called like 28 or something like that. Cause she was yeah. old when it came out. So he created one, like, and it was the age he was when it came out yeah. and like some of the songs. Yeah. Right. And it was like, <laughs> some of the song titles were like tipping his hat to Adele and all that. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, the, the cover of, of uh, Never Gonna Give You Up was so cool because it was just a touch faster. Like, like most live concerts are just a touch faster than the studio recordings. It, yeah. It's just always, it's human nature. You go just a little bit faster. Um, but uh, the, the beat on it was so much more intense. It wasn't just the the electronic drums in the background. It, it it was literally the the drum beat to smells like team spirit in the background uh, of never gonna give you up. It, it was it was heavy, it was it was hard, yeah, and it was it. quick. That's and it was so good. Legit. Yeah. That's awesome. I d I didn't I didn't ever see that one, but yeah. Look it up. It, it's it's uh there's a couple different versions of it on YouTube. And, nice. and there's one that's like perfect audio. Nice. Um, Yo, just so anyway, you know, though, Nice Bryce is saying that the Post Malone tribute concert was overhyped. Yeah. And see, that's that's my initial impression, hearing Post Malone cover anything. Whether someone's covering Post Malone or Post Malone <laughs> covered someone. Like, my reaction is, eh. I think you so. might dig it. I think you might dig it. Like, obviously, it's not mind-blowing or anything like that, but it's solid, yeah. man. For, like, a quarantine concert, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah. Uh, next story <laughs> i mean i mean it's like what's the worst cover crossover i could think of it's like oh kid rock covered rascal flats or dude like you know what's the worst is like that kid rock song about they like take sweet home alabama mixed with yeah. werewolf in london or whatever yeah oh, singing sweet home alabama yeah. all summer long yeah yeah oh. <laughs> what, what's it like i know that song I know Drink that song way too well. Man. We were small and fun at things. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, dude, get out of here, man. Like, Kid Rock's the worst. Like, yeah. you know, I was trying to tell my wife about this song, you know, because what's the one song? And I was like, you never heard that song? It's like, ball with the ball, the ball, the ball, the ball, the ball, the ball. <laughs> and I, like, I didn't if even know the If you type that into Google, you'll get the song name. Well, I'm not even kidding. What's funny? What's funny is, like, I didn't even know what the song name was called. And I was looking through Kid Rock's cal uh, discography or whatever, and I was like, what the hell is that song called? Uh, and because it's like the devil, yeah, Ball with a Ba. Ball with a Ba. That's what it's called. And I was like, is that a song about a witch or something? <laughs> okay, this is really funny. Uh, so I was trying to prove a point here. 
about if you just type like like scatting a, a, a melody into Google, you'll get what it's supposed to be. Um, and my example was going to be, what's that song that goes boop? And all I have to do is that, and everyone goes, oh yeah, that's that saxophone dude. What's funny is I typed that into Google, and what I got is, what's the song at the end of Rick and Morty episode four? Which is that song, what's but it's someone this? asking what that song is. Wait, wait, though, what's the song? Because your, your audio is cutting out for me. When you sing, um, it, it cuts out. Uh, sorry, I have RTX on. Hold on one sec. RTX off. Yep. <laughs> RTX off. Hold on. I got this here. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Filters. Because uh, you're singing the sax and you're like leaning into it. <laughs> Just it goes away for me. So. Yeah. Ba, buana, buana, buana. Oh. Buana, buana, buana. Yeah. You know what the song is oh, with like yeah. a line and a half. Yeah. Right. Uh, Play it in so, every Safeway at 12.30 a.m. Yeah, what's the song at the end of Rick and Morty episode four? And what I typed in to get that was buana, buana, buana. <laughs> <laughs> You can totally do it with just about any popular lick. That's funny. Anyway, let's get into uh, yeah, the tech news. Real. We'll kind of rapid fire. Then we'll just get back to shooting the breeze here. Yeah, so we're um, back to Samsung. Yeah, back to Samsung. Uh, so Samsung has uh, a little bit of a secret that they've been kind of keeping. Now, this was announced not that long ago, but I don't know if it got kind of the hype that I think it might need. But uh, Samsung has been seen as having a CPU chip, uh, an Exynos chip, that has RDNA on board. And for those who don't know what RDNA is, that is literally uh, uh, AMD Navi. Uh, graphics. It's uh, AMD 7 nanometer graphics tech. And uh, basically, Navi was developed for uh, a lot of different purposes. Um, it could be... Um, uh, I should probably grab RTX voice right now. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, it's amazing. Uh, so when I started the show, our washer and dryer was going. That's why I had it turned on. And you couldn't hear it. Uh, I, I, uh, and for those who watched my Patreon only live stream yesterday, I had my Threadripper machine sitting right next to me, blaring the fans at hundred percent the entire time. And I had it on and you couldn't tell. Um, anyway, uh, so, uh, Samsung's newest mobile Exynos chip, which may be used in both Chromebooks, uh, ultralights and, uh, and mobile devices, um, has been seen with AMD RDNA on board with uh, with early Nav or with Navi 10 based graphics on board, um, and that's kind of a big deal. Uh, we got some early benchmarks of a GFX Bench Manhattan 3.1 running at 181 frames per second, which certainly isn't the fastest we've ever seen. But if you consider the whole package is probably less than eight watts, that is freaking impressive. Yeah. Um, and uh, comparing it to uh, to the earlier Snapdragons, the Snapdragon 865. It scored a 63.2. So we're literally seeing three times the graphics performance on a what is basically a um, an evolutionary jump in the Samsung CPU technology, but a revolutionary jump on the graphics side of things. Um, this is likely gonna lead to a lot more powerful graphics tech at pretty equal perf uh, uh, wattage levels for your mobile devices. Um, and whether or not you're a mobile gamer, but think beyond mobile games, think into 
you know, the Nintendo Switch runs on a Tegra X1, an, an NVIDIA chip, which they've been kind of leading the mobile graphics charge for quite a while outside of Snapdragon. And uh, I'd even give Raspberry Pi the nod there uh, uh, with their mobile chips. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, they, they've been kind of near the top of the charge. All of a sudden, AMD is coming on board and they're saying, whoa, 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 we have a chip that can compete in this market space. And this could be huge for set-top boxes, smart TVs, mobile devices, mobile gaming, mobile game consoles. Uh, you go down the list and uh, it's a surprisingly competitive marketplace. Does this, does this remind anyone else of the Skull Canyon Nook just on ARM instead? Um, the Skull Canyon Nook is really cool and I can't wait for them to come down in price because for me, that's like the ultimate home arcade system. It's small, it's lightweight, it is super powerful and it is super compact with a Vega 20 on board. Uh, if you get a model with the i7-8808G, um, I would freaking love one of those. Tegra is so gross, right, but they're the only one kind of there. Uh, outside of the traditional mobile manufacturers of uh, of Snapdragon, Samsung, Kyocera, um, you know, there's not a lot of competition in the mobile GPU space. And for AMD to be entering that as well with the same tech that's seeing some success on the desktop side, literally just scaled down to a, a, a very minor wattage. That's cool. That's very, very impressive. How can NVIDIA rule the DGPU market but suck so bad at iGPU? Um, I don't know. Probably the same way that uh, Intel can rule the desktop market for so long and suck at integrated graphics themselves. Um, it's just where your priorities are at and what you're willing to optimize uh, and what you're willing to put your research and development into. Um, if NVIDIA sees it as a minor space, it's going to get minor R&D dollars, which means it's going to get minor results. Um, so... Uh, four ninety nine, big big spoon. How much money did you get from the lawsuit settlement with Bite My Bits? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm actually on an NDA with that. I can't disclose <laughs> how much. Uh, you can read the full settlement. Uh, that is that is public. Uh, you can read the full settlement of the lawsuit. Um, and uh, and I, I I'm just thankful it's it's over. It's been over for about a month, and I'm 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 just personally ready for people to drop it. You know, sadly, uh, I didn't sign an NDA, but out of solidarity with my friend uh, and colleague, I, I'm, I won't disclose either. Right. Well, an NDA means you can't know either, Rhett. So even disclosing oh, that, that can actually cost me major money. So fair enough, fair so, enough. But I read so the Rhett fine disavows print. all knowledge of this situation. <laughs> I read the fine print. It was, it was not airtight, Jeff. That's what I'm saying. But hey, like, look, I'm giving you some solidarity. Did Jason tell you he's trying to he's trying to hire you under my back, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's been going behind your back here. That's a little snake. But it's all right, Jeff, because you had me sign a non-compete. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> you cannot work in this industry for another three years. <laughs> you know what you did. <laughs> I can't take him to Vegas again. That and state police won't let him cross the line, so. You know. Well, not just state police, okay? You're forgetting the feds. Okay, forgetting okay. the feds. I told you not to put that in your backpack, man. Well, look, I'm just hoping that Vegas doesn't, you know, doesn't remember when this is all over. I mean, whatever. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> 
Moving right along. Um, uh, Apple has finally killed the butterfly keyboard and introducing a little bit of magic with the magic keyboard. Magic keyboard. Magic. Oh, 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 it's magic. You know. Yep. Introducing the Apple Magic Keyboard, because everything they do is magical anymore. Is it? Like creating a mouse with the charger on the bottom of it. <laughs> anyway, the brand new 13-inch MacBook Pros have an all-new mechanical design known as the Magic Keyboard. Uh, no longer the butterfly. The butterfly is dead. Um, Good. Nobody likes the butterfly. I personally like the butterfly, but I got the very first iteration of the butterfly and mine has never had a problem. Um, I have a 12 inch MacBook that I use pretty much for a lot of my my traveling work and uh, for you know remoting into servers or remote client access, that kind of thing. And I've never had a problem and it's a wonderful keyboard to type on. I'm not gonna deny the typing feel of that keyboard. Uh, it's magnificent for a device that weighs about a pound and a half and uh, is fanless. Um, but but there's obviously been some problems with the butterfly keyboard failing. Uh, that has been a long documented problem. Yeah, it's kind of like the number one issue that I've heard about or heard complained about over the last few years. Yep. Um. So yeah, uh, the 13 inch has the all new keyboard. It's expected to come to the 15 and 16 inch later this year and hopefully with some uh, revamped 12 inch or 13 inch MacBooks here very shortly. Um, I personally really like the MacBook line because when I'm looking for a laptop, I'm looking for as thin, light and long lasting battery as possible. If I've got to wait an extra three seconds, I understand I'm working on a laptop. <laughs> um, you know, and, and most of my work is pretty lightweight anyway when I'm, when I'm traveling. If I, if I need to do any video editing, even then I've got my, my Dell uh, Inspire on 13 with a Ryzen 2500U. It usually gets the job done. Although I am thinking about getting an Asus Zephyrus G14 with a 4900HS 12 core processor and a RTX 2060. <laughs> How could you not? That thing is amazing. <laughs> RTX hidden features, bad karaoke. <laughs> uh, I'm a karaoke god, I'll have you know. Gosh. People just have no respect anymore. That's the problem. Just for you guys, I'm going to turn RTX back on. Deal yeah. With you get the Discord chats on YouTube still? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, they, don't, they don't cross to YouTube. Uh, but I have a but restream, so they it. both show up. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Scotty says, I hate typing on the butterfly <laughs> keyboard. I love the butterfly keyboard. I, I'm, I'm one of those people that thinks it is one of the perfect uh, mobile keyboards. When it works, um, it's been a, a wonderful keyboard for me. So. Well, there uh, goes... There goes right under the bank account that Apple check. Way to go, Jeff. Yep. Keep and, it coming. Uh, your your uh, video is frozen again. I'll have you know. Oh, dang it. All right. You know, for a second, that, uh, that preview kind of looked like, I want to say like a, uh, uh, gosh, what was that? Family Ties? 
Like you think of the old like 80s sitcom uh, intros. Show me that smile again. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you just kind of lean it forward doing the. You're, yeah, why not? Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so as I promised, I'm done with my beer now. There you go. Uh, I am going to move on to uh, the Big Bottom Small Batch Barlow Trail American uh, Blended Whiskey Finished in Pork Casks. 91 proof brew, distilled, excuse me. I'm so used to saying brewed. Uh, distilled right here in Hillsboro, Oregon. You got a big bottom. Yep. Go ahead and pour me some too. In your uh, glass. Yeah. Do it. Here you go. Oh, wow. You really do it. <laughs> How dare you tease me like that? I would just make you could pour a little extra in your glass if you want. Just a, just a little like half a finger. Oh, yeah. Ugh. So uh, we'll it smells like rubbing alcohol you. to me. I'm sure it does to you, you uncultured swine. <laughs> How dare you, sir? I will have you know. Uh, That's all. Here, here you go. There you go, Rhett. Now thank you can you. see it. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, drink, drink up there, buddy. Okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so glad you were in the small frame for that. <laughs> that was frightening. I had to watch that in full screen. Well, what can I say? <laughs> I've got a horrifying, uh, now I'm out of focus horrifying again. visage. There we go. All right. We're back in focus. It's not just me. This smells way more like cognac than it does like whiskey. I want to say that first off. It looks like it would, though. Right. I mean, it, it's the same color as cognac. And so I, in fact, I have some brandy and some cognac over on the shelf. Um, I don't want to say it has like the wormwood kind of kind of smell to it that a lot of cognacs do. But I'm getting kind of that same almost like raisiny kind of smell. Um, well, that is interesting. Whew. <laughs> uh, a little bit more harsh than I was expecting. Um, it's, uh, I'm going to have to dive for flavors in this one a little bit more. Too complex for your simple palate? Uh, I will say, usually my first straight shot of, of uh, any kind of a liquor, just when it hits my tongue, all of a sudden uh, my, my salivary glands just go nuts and it fills my mouth. And so I could probably fill this with spit in about three minutes. Uh, um, and it's just I'll a reaction drink. I have on my first drink. And then the second drink, it's usually a lot, lot more smooth. Um, so uh, if I've had a, a good strong beer beforehand, then uh, uh, it's it's not so bad. Um, but uh, <laughs> who? I will say I really like the color on that. It, it's it's a beautiful color. It, it looks really like is. burgundy or like yeah. Oh. It's uh, it's got kind of a almost like a dark unfiltered red cider kind of yeah. look to it. Yeah. Um, or like a rhubarb kind of a color. I can see that. Yeah. Aged in port barrels. Yes, sir. Right there. 
Uh, Scott says the appearance looks like Angel's Envy for sure, at least on camera. It's a similar color. Uh, yeah, and it's a dark, dark red. Um, I mean, it's it's still crystal clear, but it's, uh, I mean, you can see the difference in the bottle, uh, just how dark that bottle is. Um, you know, I, I can barely see through the bottle. Um, anyway, $1.99, Big Spoon, happy anniversary to the Rutledges. Happy anniversary, uh, my friends over there in Big and Little Spoon. I'm gonna call your wife Little Spoon. I hope that's okay. <laughs> that um, is a cute nickname. That's a that's a perfect nickname, if uh, if I do say so myself. Um, but uh, here we go. I'm gonna give this uh, another little sniff here. Lot smoother, lot smoother. Um, so it almost tastes like a brandy. That is weird. Um. I don't know port brandy. There's there's a lot in common there, but this but this this tastes like a really really rich port. There's not a lot of whiskey in here. Um, this is like just a super strong port. Like if I'm drinking a 91 proof port, that's what this tastes like. Um, you know, cask aged my butt. This is this is port, and I kind of like it. Like port is like kind of like a dessert thing, isn't it? Like kind yeah, of like it's, a... it's a dessert wine, right? Um, and uh, the only time I'm, I ever I'm had... craving a prem a creme brulee right now, right? I <laughs> totally am. That's exactly where I was going with this. The only time I ever had port was like one time, uh, my friend uh, has some rather affluent parents took us out to this meal. We ended up spending like eight hundred dollars for five people on a meal. Huh? You know I've done one I'm, of those. Yeah, we did. We did one of those one night in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> and uh, my wife still doesn't know oh, about that. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Hopefully, she doesn't see the stream. Um, no, honestly, the she only doesn't thing watch that, my videos. The only thing that even compares to this weird eight hundred dollar meal I had was one of our nights in Vegas. Mm -hmm. It was like we we had this weird meal, uh, and we had italian food at this fancy restaurant and the person who was treating us insisted like first we had to do pre-dinner cocktails that was a must yes, then we had to have then we had to have like a bottle of red wine at dinner like picked by the sommelier yeah. then we had freaking port <laughs> afterwards and we had to sit there and like talk about the meal and shit after or stuff dang it <laughs> <laughs> But it was like the weirdest thing, man. I was drinking this port. I was like, it just tastes like a sweet kind of red. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't It was so weird. It was like, that's the only time I ever had port. And then we had creme yeah. brulee. That's where I was going with that. No. Uh, whenever I go to a nice Italian restaurant, uh, just like I will go to any bar and I will order an old fashioned. Yeah. And whatever old fashioned kind of like you give measure. me, I will judge you yeah. by your old fashioned. Every cocktail you make, every beer you serve, every coffee you 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 barista, I will judge you. your organization by that old fashioned, because it's how much you care about the fine details and how easy that cocktail should be to make, is how I will judge your bar. If you pay attention to that, you'll pay attention to most of the other little things. Um, and did, nine times out of ten, it's true. Um, where does the old fashioned you had at the Starbucks roastery last uh, two years ago? That was that was phenomenal. Yeah, that is. Uh, I still think not about a, that place. I still think about that place, and we're going to go back there this year. 
Uh, whether PAX is happening or not, we are going to the Starbucks grocery. <laughs> we are drinking there again. I don't care if I have to pay for pay a weekend for us or not. We're we're gonna go up there. Um, that'll that'll be our treat if they cancel PAX. We'll just drive up to the roastery and vlog it. <laughs> um, anyway, that is one of the best old fashions I've ever had made at an establishment. I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Um, but uh, there's a couple places locally that do it phenomenally. Uh, Rhett, I took you to the little speakeasy I know of. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and we got a smoked old fashioned. That was incredible. Yeah. yeah that was a good one. Um, I've night. also been to a couple of bars and one really disappointed me down in Corvallis where it was literally crushed ice and an orange wedge and, and two bright red maraschino cherries and she mashed the living hell out of them. And then she gave me one ounce of whiskey and poured it with and topped it with Sprite. Does that make you feel bad though? Because she's like, yo, I'm making the best old fashioned ever. Like she probably no. thought it was really good. She knows she's not making the best old fashioned ever. If, if, if she's in it for, and, and I know I'm, I'm a little bit judgy here. I understand, but, um, Google's bartender or bartender Google's old fashioned LOL ha- actually had that. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, she was literally uh, 16 ounces of, of Jim Beam away from the Mahalo.com old-fashioned. It was like everything <laughs> in it but but the pint glass. Right. Um, and it was awful. It, it was totally awful. And, uh, and whether that's the bar saying this is our bar mix for how you make an old-fashioned, or whether that is her saying this is how I make an old-fashioned, I still judge you because that's not an old-fashioned. Um, uh, you know, it... Um, if I'm ordering a cocktail, I expect, I expect to taste the elements that are supposed to be in it. By the way, there were not even bitters in that drink. That was whiskey and Sprite with a little bit of orange and, and maraschino cherry. Yeah. That's all it was. And it was watery as heck. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it's a college town. What do you expect? Yeah, it was just not a good drink. And, uh, and I, I look at these places and they have all the right materials, but no one puts them together right. And, uh, um, anyway, long story short, uh, I will judge a bar by your old fashioned. I will judge a coffee place, usually by your cappuccino. Um, you know, no, because it takes a little bit of, of thought. You, you, you steam I it. How well did you I steam guess, it? How well I guess you cappuccino it? is a pretty fair measure. I, it, it's got a little bit of everything that you need to do as a barista. How well did you do it? Yeah, you're not wrong. I just hate cream. So that's kind of where I'm at. See, I like cream. Uh, Yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I just, for some reason, my mind was going someplace else. And then you said cappuccino. And in hindsight, what would you you judge a barista by? Uh, Well, maybe not a barista. I think a cappuccino is a good measure of a barista. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're... Okay, a coffee place. How would you judge a coffee place? Honestly, I judge a coffee place by its black coffee or its Americano. Yep. Like, Americano is like my number two. Yeah. Uh, so, so if I'm going and I'm like, this is the new coffee place, I'll, t- I'll take either a, a, a cappuccino and however you make it or, or a, an Americano. Yeah. Um, and, and see uh, with the Americano, like you're just getting, you're just getting the pure taste of like the quality of their beans in my opinion, Exactly. you know, like, and, and, and then there's even, dude, this is how deep you can get into Americano. Like apparently there's some debate amongst Australians and the rest of the world as like Scott says a uh, short story long. It, that's what I'm known for. It's what I do. I ramble. Unfortunately, like, isn't that the curse of all of us at Craft Computing? 
We just why these shows started as 60 minute shows. Literally the first show was 58 minutes. And in fact, early on, we struggled to get past an hour. I think there was one that was 52 minutes long. And here we are now struggling to stay within two. See, in, in music, they have a hand symbol for this, and it's and it's this. Vamp. Just mm-hmm. keep going, baby. Just keep going. Just keep going. Don't stop. Don't. Yep. All right. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, as far you as. You stay on this 12 bar, and you go. <laughs> forever. Yep. Uh, the thing with Americano, apparently there's some debate between Australians and the rest of the world. How do you make an Americano? I think it's mm-hmm. Australians. Australians think that it is, uh, it's, um. Or rather, I'm sorry, not Americano, but there's another drink. And here in Oregon, I think we call it a shot in the dark. I'm not sure by what other names it goes, but it is uh, it is coffee, then espresso. <laughs> Whereas Americano is water and espresso. Yeah. So, uh, so, so uh, I think Australia thinks that the best way to do it is coffee, then espresso on top. But the rest of the world thinks that it's espresso, then coffee on top. Yeah. Personally, I prefer the way the Australians do it. You know, that's just where I'm at. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I I do prefer that way as well. Why not? So. Why not? And I will judge an Italian restaurant by their creme brulee. Oh, why not, man? Because that's right. one of those things where the finer details are appreciated. Exactly. And that's that's where all your fine detail work comes in. That's how much attention is the chef paying? How how fine is that crust? How, how good mm. is the custard inside? Um, you know, mm. uh, Bring it to my table flaming if you want bonus points. I'm supposed to be able to blow that out when it arrives. If it arrives with, with a pre-glaze on it, that means you took a torch to it and blew it out yourself. I'm, I'm not game for that. Um, you know, so, and, and I have little tests like this for a lot of different places. When I'm testing out different restaurants or bars or, or menus or burger places, I'll say, give me what should be the thing you're best at. If, if I go to a bar you should be best at making an old fashioned, a Manhattan, uh, a mint julep. Uh, you know, you Hell, go I'm down your homemade whiskey sour too. You know, that's, that's right. one of my go-tos. Yeah. Um, that one, that one kind of sketches me out because sometimes they can get a little weird. Oh, <laughs> I don't care sour. how weird your homemade is. You know, it's like, if I can tell that it didn't come me, out of a bottle, uh, you've had my whiskey sours. Oh yeah. 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 How, how good of a bartender am I? Dude, you're one of the best cocktail makers that I know firsthand. Uh, I I want to spin up a second channel and and post like all the other ideas that I have. And one of the things I want to do is is cocktail recipes. Is start See, showing what I do in in my free time and and in my evening time. Jeff's one of the only people I know that will. He's having a party for himself, right? This is his <laughs> birthday party. He spends seventy five percent of the time making cocktails for other people. I love like, it. I love other people drinks. have birthday parties, man. And they're just like, yo, make me whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff's like, what cocktail do you want? If I yeah. don't have the exact ingredients, we got a close approximation. Right. <laughs> no, man, it's great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You show up to my house for my birthday <laughs> and it's like, what can I make you? And it's like, I don't know, like seven and seven. I'm like, no, 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 get real. What can I make you? <laughs> well, let's not knock the seven and seven too hard. Let's not like... knock the seven and seven. But if you're coming to my house, like, like think a little higher. Set your sights a little <laughs> bit higher. That's true. Yeah. I was a little surprised by what you were willing to make when I was there. Whatever you want. That's why I buy all this stuff. That's why I keep it on stock. 
Uh, we judge family places by their tenderloin and or their country fried steak. Country, country fried, fried steak, steak is, a is big one, one thing I will judge a family diner by. Yeah, for real, right? What is Absolutely. up with that? Country fried steak, chicken and biscuits. Or, uh, or excuse me, uh, biscuits and gravy. Yeah. See, for a 24-hour diner, too, it's all about the country fried steak for me. It's like, yeah. how well can you yeah. make this at 3 a.m.? Yep. <laughs> oh, good Lord. We're getting way off track here. That's all right. We, we didn't have much news. And so I knew if we got off track, it was going to be fine. That's why I haven't really tried to like steer us back. We only have three stories left and we got 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, and, so and two of them are just like packs. So, yeah. Uh, I do want to get to the last story though. So let's, let's go ahead and rapid fire these two real quick. Uh, starting with uh, Roblox, you know, baby. Right. Roblox. Yeah. Uh, Roblox has been hacked rather has been social engineered slash bribed to give up millions of users data to an unknown source. Um, this is a, a classic story. This is, this is social engineering at its finest. This is uh, finding an employee who doesn't like his job very much, who goes, Hey, if I give you like $10,000, can you give me a roster, email, address, credit card of every single user that's in your database? Yeah, I need ten thousand dollars. Okay, here. That's all this was. That's um, easy. Dang, is it that easy? Yep. Uh, apparently, apparently it's that easy. You know. Um, do we know who, or not who, but uh, how much they paid? That's what I kind of wanted to know. I don't know. Um, I did, yeah, I don't remember right. seeing it. I'm super unhelpful. Yo, I'll use Control F for you here. Yeah, I, I did that boy. too, and I can't find a dollar sign. So. I did. I did the word "paid," and the only time it comes up is the hacker first paid an insider to look up data about its users, then yep. targeted a customer support representative. Yep. They said they did it to quote unquote prove a point. Dang. Right. Damn. As all white hat so hackers cool. do. <laughs> Rather than approaching the company and saying, hey, you have a problem with your customer support, they were willing to take a cash payment and divulge sensitive customer information. They held it for themselves and sold it. Hey, baby. You it was that. just to prove a point, bro. Yo, it's just a prank. Welcome to capitalism, baby. Why not profit off both sides? Get a little bit of that uh, that finder's fee money and profit on what you found. <laughs> you know? Yo, I could be totally, totally, totally wrong about this, but uh, but I think my game development podcast we interviewed a gentleman who was a developer on Roblox. Did you? Yeah, I think we did. I I can't. I'm like trying, struggling to recall his credentials. But I'm like 95% sure that uh, he was like a, a developer of like levels on Roblox. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. And if you're listening, I'm really sorry that I got your credentials wrong. You know <laughs> Whatever the heck you did, you work for Roblox. <laughs> what more do you want? <laughs> you got paid. No, you didn't. <laughs> I, I think he got paid. I could be Did wrong, he get paid? but like nice. he's like he's like the only person like that we've had on our podcast. It's like a legitimate like pays all of his bills and makes a living with like game development. Bro, I'm I'm right here. Well, I said game development. Yeah, game development. Yeah, yeah. As if you've had nobody on your show. 
That's not what I said. I said yeah. the only person who's paid his bills with game development. My my fee just doubled. You owe me two pints to come on your show now. <laughs> two pints? I was already giving you three. This is a discount. <laughs> it's just been revoked. No. <laughs> anyway, that was a side little. I just wanted, I thought that was, uh, <laughs> I think about Roblox and I think about this person's name. And he also worked on Medal of Honor. So there yep. you go. Uh, so Scotty says, so Jeff's house for his birthday. Cool. Yeah, hell yeah. You're invited if you can find it. Um, Somebody photoshopped a kiss face on my shirt. That's dumb. Put some something else. Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons is... I, I, that didn't even represent what I was going for with this. He's going with Peter Chris. No, I wouldn't even go for Peter... Stop. <laughs> Stop it, Jeff. <laughs> I, was just, I was just trying to be like... You know, and uh, and now Scott says Scott Felton says all I want is chicken and waffles, and now so do I. Yeah, you know what ticks me off about my most recent trip to Vegas? I didn't get my chicken and waffles. I not only didn't get my chicken and waffles, I also didn't get my barbecue. Dude, last I didn't stop to the two places I wanted to stop. You took me all the way out to Vegas, and you're like, "Yo, dude, there's this place that's got the best chicken and waffles at two o'clock in the morning." We didn't even go. No, it wasn't the best chicken and waffles. It was the it was the. the steak and eggs breakfast. It was the oh, yeah. nine ounce sirloin for yeah. five bucks. Yeah. Okay. You're right. We didn't go. Uh, I, I attended that three times this year because we stayed in that hotel. Oh, so Steve and I stayed in that hotel. We didn't stay in the little grungy one just off the strip that we I don't know, stayed. dude. I don't know. Was it that grungy? I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, was. it was not good. <laughs> but uh, you're forgetting about all the memories we made in that dirty parking lot outside where all the drug users were the 2017 Nissan Versa (laughs) with room enough for 1.5. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the American dream 2.5 children. Um, Let's go ahead and knock out this next story so we can get to this other one. Cause I have a way of derailing us. Go daddy. Go daddy was also hacked. Uh, So, uh, Someone on their side uh, who had SSL credentials um, uh, logged into GoDaddy servers, vandalized the servers, and made away with 28,000 users' uh, SSL uh, certificates. Um, And uh, was it the fugitive is still at large? Yeah, uh, GoDaddy spokesman said on April 23rd, 2020, we identified SSH usernames and passwords has been had been compromised through an altered SSH file in our hosting environment, affecting approximately 28,000 customers. We immediately reset those usernames and passwords, removed the offending SSH file from our platform, and have had no indication the threat actor used our customers' credentials or modified customer hosting accounts. However, I will say uh, that doesn't mean a they didn't use those credentials, and this does still constitute a breach. Yeah. Um, because someone had unauthorized access to your system, either uploaded files or downloaded user data. One of the two things happened. Um, and uh, quote, to be clear, said GoDaddy's Fuller, the threat actor did not have access to customers' main GoDaddy accounts. Although from what I'm hearing is if they had SSH access to the root server, they still may have, um, depending on what access their SSH credentials gave them. So, um, 
I'm taking I'm taking GoDaddy's stance with a grain of salt because while I don't know their statements to be untrue, I've also seen attacks very similar to this and very badly for the hosting company. Um, and so often when a breach like this happens, unless your security is legitimately top-notch, and I mean rotation on passwords, credentials, certificates, 802.1x authentication, um, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, extremely uh, finite and uh, and specific credentials given to particular user groups, um, which I'm not saying GoDaddy doesn't have, but I've more often than not seen that sort of thing lapse slightly on the internal side of things. And so uh, I kind of want to see how this one plays out and if any more comes of this story. Now, if what GoDaddy's saying is true and their security was 100% up to spec, they dodged a major bullet because someone having SSH creds to 28,000 customers and then not using them is not the sort of thing that usually happens. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows? Y'all better use HostGator now. But, but they don't have Danica Patrick. She knows everything about web hosting. No, but they have a blue alligator. They have a blue alligator. I want to go with the same hosting company that uh, made the graphics for the general insurance. Is that GoDaddy? No. Uh -oh. <laughs> have you seen the, the general insurance commercials? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the... For... the, the, the 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 N64 level graphics overlaid yeah. onto real video. Yeah. Yeah. They get I want to use whoever year. whoever they decided to go with for a hosting company. That's oh, who I, I got you. I got that's what I want. Yeah. That's that's the quality engineering I'm looking for. Well, you know, the general is discount insurance and they use in discount graphics, baby. So. Right. Spare no expense you get what in, you pay in your for. advertising. You get department. what you pay for. Yeah. But uh, hey, if y'all want to use HostGator, just hit me up for those affiliate links, baby. I got a little. You know back. what? If Geico can teach a gecko to speak, then, then you know, general insurance should up their game a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Why don't they hit us up? We can run their company for them. Yeah. I'd do that. Why not? I was just shopping for car insurance the other day. I went with Geico because they were the cheapest. If I watered this 50-50, it'd be one of the best ports I've ever had. Water it down, baby. Give it a splash of water. Right. Why not, man? People knock everybody for doing that. I don't but think like, I will. There's a reason that you're allowed to do it. Right. You know, like most of like the whiskey, like what is the best whiskey? In, what is the best whiskey in the world? The whiskey you like to drink. And that's what's the best way to drink it? However you want to drink it. Do you see the Pope? Uh, there's that like uh, that story came out of the Pope because these Irish students were uh, studying at the Vatican, and as is traditional, like they brought a gift from their homeland, so they brought Irish whiskey, yeah. and like the Pope was like giving them like not like oh thank you the Vatican thanks you for this he flat out he like was given a personalized response and he held he holds it up and he goes this this is the water of life the water of life and he right. puts it down <laughs> and I was just like dude. No, what he said was, you know, this is the real water of life. Right, the real water of life. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you know, and I think if I'm not wrong, it's like the Gaelic, uh, the Gaelic uh, word for whiskey translates is to water of life. Water of right. life. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. It, it's um, it's just fun, you know. The fact is, like, you got to take this out of your video. 
No, but but the thing that irritates me so much about that is, and I'm going to say this quite literally, God forbid the Vatican show a little bit of humanity. Right. Yeah, I thought right? when I heard that story, dude, I I I don't know, man. Like this pope has just been so down to earth. He's like everything yes. I think that like the the image of like the Catholic Church needs, you know? It's like he had a very like down to earth life before becoming involved in the faith. Mm-hmm. He's the first like non-European man to become the pope. Like all of these things. And he's so down to earth. Like I remember like in his first year, like he just casually mispronounced an italian word that was like the equivalent of the american f word you know yeah and he just like moves on with his life you know like other people they would have been like i can't believe the pope said it but he just basically was like oh my bad and like kept going you know right um yeah man you know i was 10 feet from the pope when really? i was in europe yeah yeah we went to we that's went to the cool. papal blessing over rome and we got to be wow. like, 10 feet away from him that's cool yeah it was legit. Cool. It, it, it was legit kind of boring overall but like also interesting to see yes yeah but it it, it astounds me to no end um not to make this like a religious conversation or anything like that but the standards at which we hold people to mm-hmm. because we're all human mm-hmm. and, and i like i said i don't want to make this political religious whatever Nah, man. But you make it. You realize, real. but you realize we're all faulty. We're all. Oh yeah, yeah. We all have our own thoughts. We all have our weak moments. We all have, you know. You've sworn five times in this thread. My even bad. Though, you My know, bad. Like we try to keep it family friendly. To be you fair, made a mistake. I guess just, what they had softer consonants. So like, did I really? But yes, you're not yeah. wrong. <laughs> right, but but it's like. In, in one breath, we might crucify you for doing that. And in another breath, we're going to forgive a politician for like literal rape. Right. Yeah. And and it's like, well, you know, she was asking for it. Oh. Or he's such a good person. And it was a moment of personal weakness. So he literally attacked this woman. Like, like what standards are we holding who to? And why isn't it the same standards across the board? Like, oh. that's that's what I can never understand. You preaching and, the choir with me, dude. You're right. Preaching the choir with right. choir? Choir. Not the choir, yeah. but may as well be. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I heard a good quote, and it's not exactly what you're in line with, but I was listening to a podcast this, uh, just yesterday, actually. And he said, like, he said the number one way, no matter which side of the like this debate you fall on, like religious or atheist, whatever, the number one way you make an ass of yourself is when you interpret all this stuff like literally. You know, talk right. about like religion. And it's yeah. like, oh, dang, yeah, like, just goes to show you, like, this, the thing that makes everybody kind of, like, uh, look stupid is kind of, like, the same no matter where you fall onto it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think, like, judging too harshly or, like, not even too hard, you know what I mean? But it's, like, it, it's, like, <sighs> exactly what you said. I'm right yeah. I'm walking myself right into a pit here that I want to get myself out of without, <laughs> without being on camera, but I can't do it. Um, but yeah, anyway, man, it, does, I, I, it doesn't I make all any agree. sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. And you nailed it right on the head. Like, the, the, the standards should be the same and the, and the grievance and the level of which should be taken right. into account every single time. Right. Exactly. I, yeah. I say the F word all the time. I swear like a sailor off camera. Exactly. I do. Exactly. Um, but I also hold myself to a certain level on, on camera. And if I slip up, I slip up and it's, and it's a mistake. Yeah. I didn't beat someone half to death because they were standing in my driveway, you know, I, and, and so 
I mean, and that's just the problem with like recorded public <laughs> opinion in general. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, like we got a bunch of our dear friends watching this, you know, and it's like however many thousand of you end up watching this thing. It's like we can explain away any single thing that, that we get away with because y'all are watching and y'all right. know us. You've been here since episode one or episode 25 or whatever. But like somebody else come along and they go, oh, wait a minute, man. This guy said frugging or whatever and they take my clip of me saying yo i frugged up and they put it online and everyone's like that guy said frugged that guy said frugged can you believe it but like all the people near and dear to us that are tuning in week in week out checking with us on the discord or in the youtube chat like they're like yo dude frugged is one of our favorite inside jokes or something you know i don't know (laughs) but it's anyway crazy let's, uh, yeah let's yeah, steer let's, let's steer. move away from this yeah yeah <laughs> there's no clean way to exit so let's just let's just no, drop. Man. you nailed it on the head though but anyway yeah. anyway uh this one was kind of the unreal no pun intended uh drop of the week and uh we knew some potential source code had been leaked upwards of a year ago for the original super mario brother 64 the, the raw assembly instruction of Super Mario's Brother 64. Someone has been able to recompile it and has actually reshared the source code and created a PC port that is legit perfect. Um, perfect widescreen support. It has controller support. Um, by the way, Rhett, I downloaded it if you want it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I have it. Um, I am already 39 stars in uh. as, as of like... <laughs> two hours last night <laughs> um just just jamming away and uh it is like the day that i brought super mario 60 brother or super mario brother 64 home for the first time it is great nice. uh, there's a couple of things you have to do to make it really playable because by default it will run at whatever speed your graphics card will run it at right yeah so if you're thinking 1996 2020 2080 <laughs> Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of power behind that. Um, and uh, so I had to go into the NVIDIA control panel and limit it to 30 FPS, but in the, and there's no settings within the application itself. You double click it and it goes, it's me, Mario, and then fades out and then brings up the main screen, but there's no like graphic settings. There, there's been nothing altered from the original code. Nice. And so it starts up just like the N64 game would start up. Um, so any tweaks you, that you want to make, you have to make in the, uh, your graphics, uh, card control panel. So the NVIDIA control panel or AMD, whatever the heck they call it these days. I don't even know. Um, but, uh, so I went in there, I enabled anti-aliasing, triple buffering, you know, everything else. And then I also limited it to 30 FPS because that's what it should be at. Um, otherwise the game plays about four times too fast. The physics are based on the frame rate. Yeah. And so if you try to triple jump, you'll get about three feet off the ground at 90 FPS. Uh, um, and so uh, you want to make sure to to rate limit or to FPS limit your, your gameplay. But it looks phenomenal. Uh, it is crisp as all heck. And, and it plays legit perfectly. Um, and the, the funny thing is the executable is six megabytes. Perfect. It's, it's six <laughs> megabytes. Dude, from the golden age of N64. Oh, sorry, it's 24 megabytes after after I compiled it. Yeah. Oh, good lord. So, yeah. 
Good Lord. No, that sounds legit. I would love just, I mean, just for the sake of journalism, you know, just for the right. sake of- I downloaded it for research purposes only. I'll have you know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, gosh, there was this uh, YouTube channel I used to watch all the time. Um, what was the name of that? They did a bunch of crazy stuff with go-karts. Um, and uh, it was this guy who was living in South Carolina and all they did was like rebuild go-karts. And uh, it was uh, cars and carts, I want or cameras and cars or carts and cameras, carts and cameras, I think it might've been. Uh, but it was primarily go-karts. And uh, um, anyway, there was a guy on the show who would always say, you know, we're not supposed to run it like this and we're not gonna run it like this for very long. We're just doing this for testing purposes. And I've taken that phrase so many times. Exactly. Uh, That's all you Don't do what I'm doing. This is for testing purposes only. (laughs) It's great. This one's for science. (sighs) But he had that perfect South Carolina, you know, not really, I wouldn't call it a draw, but just enough of an accent for testing purposes. I love that. You know, just the right amount of lick to it. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it was always great. I, I've always loved that line. Um. Anyway, ooh, I might get delivered my Tesla K20X today. Very nice. Ooh. Very nice. 2020, the year of hindsight strikes again. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe no one commented on my joke that I put into my, uh, my Threadripper video, or Threadripper, my Epic video. Which is 2020 is the year 2012 dreamed of being. Remember, 2012 was supposed to be the apocalypse. It was oh, supposed yeah. to be the Mayan end of the world oh, and yeah. nothing ever happened. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, we're going, uh, you know, two inch uh, uh, devil wasps. Oh, add it to the apocalypse bingo. <laughs> yeah, man. Remember, like, January 1st, we're all thinking, like, World War III is coming with the assassination of a high profile military leader. Right, it's like it's downhill every single day from there. Right, and it's like we got murder hornets, we got uh, other things going on. We got, I don't know, man, what else is going on? TP shortage. I'm sure it's related to the murder hornets in some way. It's wild out there. Hope you all are staying safe. Give me about six seconds right here. One sec. Yeah. Hey, I can I can vamp. I'm gonna give you all one of these. I'm gonna give you all one of these. No, 2020 is one of those years, man. Like, I think everybody was like thinking like right as the countdown was happening, like, yo, 2020 is going to be our year, man. Like things are going to go back to normal. We're going to get our feet under us. Nah, man. Nah. It's May. I haven't done one normal thing this year. Well, I've done normal things, but like life has not been normal since then. You know what I'm saying? I was giving him one of these, Jeff, giving him one of these, the old vamp. Where's it at? There it is. Uh, How dare you do that? All right, I can hear you again. Oh, you missed everything I was saying. No, I'm just going. I, I, I can imagine. You're all good. You're all good. I was just trying to give a joke when you sat down. I was, I was giving him the old bam. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, no, man, I'm, I'm glad 2020 is half over. Honestly, let's get to 2021 <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. 2012. I remember December 21st staying up with, uh, I think, with George Nori. So I decided to coast. break out my uh, my whiskey stones. Oh, there you go. Nice and cold, I hope. Heck yeah. 
you know, I'm surprised at how well those things do. Yep. Dude, you should just add a splash of water. Uh, well, the thing is, uh, my freezer has a lot of condensation in it, and so this actually had like a couple pinches of water in it. So. All right, all right. We'll cut you some. We'll cut you some slack here. It's nice and cold now. I'm surprised at how well those whiskey stones do, uh, because depending on the whiskey, you know, it's like you don't you don't want to water it down at all. Mm -hmm. Those things do the trick just as good, mm -hmm. if not better, than ice, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. I got a I got a couple oh, of those glasses wow. that got uh, that the lining. was the right decision. Oh, nice. Oh my God, that's good. Sometimes you need a little chill to it. Yeah. That's the thing with dessert, you know. You gotta get a little little chill in there. Not freezing by any means, but the smell has lightened up a little bit too. Um, not dramatically, but it doesn't have a burn to it anymore. I'm uh, I'm getting a lot more of that that raisin kind of mm. finish to it. Oh dang, that sounds. But good. But it's a little it's playful now instead of like a little bit of ethanol burn. Yeah. Um, whereas before it was like, ooh, that's that's kind of, you know, kind of biting me a little bit. That's just smooth dark cherry raisin you know that that deep deep fig kind of fruit smell oh yeah um, oh yeah oh that's good it looks good watching you drink that um i know someone who would love S super mario brothers on pc and youtube was cars and cameras yeah cars and cameras i i knew it was Parts and cars, or cars and cameras, or carts and cameras, or cameras and cars, or whatever it was. It was it was CNC. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they were one of my favorite YouTube channels like five six years ago. Um, I watched them constantly. Um, I don't know if they're still doing anything, um, if if they're still active or not. But uh, um, me, I'm I'm a I'm a major automotive YouTuber. I, I love all of the different automotive channels. Um, uh, you've got Vinwicky, you've got Edbolian, you've got uh, Tavarish, you've got B is for Build, you've got uh, uh, what's his nuts out in Kansas. <laughs> Whatever his name one. is. Yeah, Google <laughs> that one. What's his nuts? Um, yeah, so. Uh, Hoovy, Hoovy, there we go. Hoovy's Garage. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, might, might try making coffee cake. Uh, my wife is going crazy with bread and pastries lately because we found some yeast yesterday. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Our, uh, our, our local, uh, IGA grocer had some yeast in stock and there was no limit. And so we, we stocked up on yeast and flour and everything else. Um, all of it gluten-free cause my, my wife is celiac, but, uh, she has been going absolutely nuts in the kitchen. Um, she's made, she started doing some, some sourdough starters last week. And, uh, uh, so, uh, tonight she made, uh, her first official loaf of sourdough bread, although she made a couple loaves before this, um, that just didn't quite turn out. Like they were, they were pretty solid, but they weren't like quite there yet. She had one turn out tonight. That was just amazingly good. Um, she, uh, made something like three dozen cookies this afternoon from scratch, uh, she's got a couple more loaves of bread that, that came out of the oven this afternoon. Um, she's going to make some banana, like three loaves of banana bread in the morning. She's got another batch of cookies going in tomorrow. She's got, uh, some cinnamon rolls she's baking up in the morning. Mm. 
My mouth is watering. Dang it. I know. I know. Uh, So. Uh, And yeah, the only yeast I have is in bottles. So, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I know. I got this uh, sweet, like, little tart pie maker thing. And I was, like, going to try and make some cherry pies the other day. And it's like, last time I made some cherry pies out of it, I had some, like, kind of ready-made, like, pie crust. I didn't realize that. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Oh, no, need yeast. Oh, well, yep. what am I going to do? guess I can go to the store and get some yeast now, but. Uh, yep. Didn't think. And yeah, uh, and yeah, uh, uh, sourdough can be gluten-free nowadays. Um, and like Tom Brown says, everything is gluten-free nowadays. Uh, not everything, but uh, there are so many good substitutes for, for gluten ingredients that are out there now. Yeah. They're getting a lot closer every day. Yeah. Um, as, as, as someone who me and my wife have been together for nearly 18 years. Um, and, uh, uh, it's been a long time. And in fact, we got together right before she was diagnosed with celiac. She was still like early stages of like showing signs of it. And, uh, they didn't really know what gluten intolerance was because this was 2002, 2003. And, uh, uh, I think about three months after we got together, she got diagnosed with celiac disease, um, which is uh, is where a lot of the, well, I'm gluten intolerant came from. There's no such thing as gluten intolerance. Uh, celiac disease is an autoimmune disease where the presence of gluten in your small intestine will cause your immune system to attack the cilia in your small intestine. Uh, it causes immense uh, uh, abdominal pain. Um, and actually permanently damages the cilia to the point where if you do it too much, your body will no longer be able to absorb nutrients in your small intestine. It's kind of a big deal. Um, and uh, there are levels of sensitivity enough where coming into contact with gluten on your skin can cause rashes and can cause internal damage to your intestinal system. Um, and as the doctor who originally diagnosed her said, if this were a 1 to 10 scale, and I'm not saying that it is, but if it were a one to ten scale, you just scored a forty-three. Huh. <laughs> um, uh, during the course of testing, uh, we uh, we were also doing testings for all other kinds of allergies uh, as well. We were trying to like get to the bottom of what was the problem. So she went into the doctor, and they did the arm prick test, where they do like forty needles across your arm of, of different substances, and they put it just under your skin, and then they watch for reactions. Every single one of those pinpricks reacted. Now, some of them reacted worse than others. And we we found out later on that she is actually allergic to to like wheatgrass and, and, and some other, you know, topical allergens. But she was also allergic to the uh, the rubbing alcohol and the, uh. the 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 swab that they used to apply that to clean the area. So she had a reaction just from that and the needle pushing a little bit of alcohol directly under the skin. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, I've right. heard of that a couple of times where it's like they don't control it good enough, so they yeah. can't. It's like, uh-oh, what it caused this? Well, who knows? Because our control yeah. is off. <laughs> yep. Dang, well. Yeah, gluten cannot be used by the body. It just gets into your bloodstream. Just because the immune system in your intestine doesn't attack it doesn't mean it's not being removed by your immune system somewhere else. And right, a lot of time gluten just passes through. But gluten is the coating around the... Uh, the wheat it, it's yeah. uh, it's a coating around the kernel of wheat barley and rye and uh which are like my three favorite things in the world yeah <laughs> for obvious reasons i'm drinking some of it right now um but uh 
it's it's the coating around the kernels and uh, and whether you grind them up or whether you do anything else you can you can have pure gluten you can you can take gluten and make things from pure gluten but you can never completely remove gluten from wheat or gluten from rye or gluten mm-hmm. from barley it's always going to be present in there somewhere um and uh and yeah your body doesn't use it but if we grind it up and make a flour out of it, your body can absorb the wheat nutrients and, and the actual rye or, or the raw ingredients and nutrients out of it, but it still can't process the rye. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, my wife has an autoimmune reaction to the rye being present in those ingredients. Um, and we strongly suspect my youngest daughter does as well. Uh, we, we haven't had her tested yet, but she's showing the, the classic signs and she's showing them at age two. My wife didn't show signs until age 16. Yeah. So... Uh, and then yeah. finally got diagnosed, I think at 19. Well, and part of, part of why we see, you know, quote unquote, such a, uh, kind of a, a, a surge in this idea of, you know, gluten intolerance or whatever, not just gluten intolerance, but Shut like up, celiac disease. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. Part of the reason we see all this Does is this because... have gluten in it. I can't have anything with gluten. Right. Oh, by the way, can you bring me some more breadsticks? Well, see, and part of it is that uh, part of it is that we we have bred wheat to have much higher yields, mm-hmm. and so you look at like a typical like stock of wheat anymore, and like the amount of grain that is on the end of a stock is significantly higher than it was 150 years ago, and that's right. part of what I think why we're seeing um, a lot more like serious symptoms of celiacs and people that have it like right. I, I guarantee you like there's probably been something like this around for a long long time but like I, I think the amount of gluten that you were getting like per loaf of bread or whatever if that's a term might have been lower you know and it, so it may have been lower this might trigger be a, that like autoimmune response like, right yeah the, the coating may have been thinner on on older yeah on older uh, uh grains of wheat uh, you can also look at the fact that as of it was the 1960s, the FDA mandated that every single uh, uh, flour producer in the United States produced enriched wheat flour, yeah. which is wheat flour with vitamins and minerals added to it because they were afraid we weren't going to get those vitamins and minerals from our normal diets. Yeah. Well, fast forward to 40 and 50 years later, we don't know if that caused the influx of of this massive amount of celiac disease. Um, and uh, it's actually such a problem in Italy. They have kids tested at five years old. Like, yeah. They have every kid tested because it is so prevalent there. And because a lot of their diet consists of pasta, carbohydrates, et cetera. Right. Um, and so they want to make sure their, their kids are going to be fine. Um, excellent, yeah. carrot, excellent carrot impression. Trust me, I've been to restaurants and me and my wife have, have had it out a couple of times with some people. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm gluten intolerant, but sometimes you have a piece of pizza because it's just so yummy. Right. You're not gluten intolerant. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to avoid, like talking about gluten intolerance as a thing rather yeah. than like celiac disease. It's not a thing. <laughs> right. Exactly. I think what a lot of people experience is um, you may have a you may have a sensitivity to carbs within your diet. And right. Maybe you need to adjust your diet as such. Um, and I'm not saying carbs are the healthiest thing in the world. What I'm saying is that our diet is so consumed of carbs, carbs yeah. and, and, and so carb rich in a lot of cases that, yeah, maybe making some alternative solutions and going to a tapioca flour rather than just a raw carbohydrate 
might be better for you and right. is likely healthier. That right. doesn't mean you're gluten intolerant. Right. Those yeah, are two think, completely different things. I, I think that's a big thing is like, I, I noticed like, at least for me, like a big thing with like gluten is, it's just like a kind of a lethargy a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I wonder how many of like these Karens out there, like eat gluten in their diet and they get lethargic, which is not only just maybe some gluten, but it's also carbs. Um, you get all this stuff going and you're like, oh, wow, I don't feel It's also feel because Karen's well. still, wearing, still wearing the freshman 20. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then you get all this idea and you're like, oh, I have a gluten intolerance. Because and I've 17 of it is in the haircut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The little bob and the... If you things. want more Karen impressions, join the Discord. I'll, I'll give you all you want. <laughs> I can do MLM impressions. I, I, I can deliver the best Mary Kay speech you've ever heard, heard in your life. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but basically, yeah, I think a lot of people just confuse things that they feel, uh, for being like celiac disease, which is just right. not the case. Right. Um, but you know, what are you going to do? Yep. That beat them all savagely. Exactly. You heard it here first folks, craft computing. By the way, I wasn't doing a Karen impression. I was literally doing verbatim what I heard in a pizza joint one time. Uh, why are you even saying that, dude? Karen is our word, okay? That is racist. That's a racist word. Um, so <laughs> I can't say the entire thing that I saw, but I saw the greatest thing, the greatest response to the Karen is like a, Karen is the same as the N-word recently, yeah, okay? Yeah. And the response was, Karen isn't the same as the N-word. It's the polite way of calling you a C. <laughs> i can totally see that i know i know that's just what i want to, it's like yo dude you, it's like like nailed it yeah it, it's the polite way of calling you a b unless you think it's racist then it's a polite way of calling you a c <laughs> yeah it's funny how many people i see saying that type of stuff it's like uh even some friends of my own on Facebook, you know, they're like, I just can't believe the, the, the prevalence of the, hearing the word Karen when I'm out and about. It's so disgusting. It's so gross. Why are people like this? I'm like, yeah, dude, I just heard you like calling your freaking uh, gardener a dirty word the other day. Like, what's wrong with yep. you, Karen? <laughs> yep. Um. We'll end with this one. The most egregious one that I've seen in, in quite a while um, was not in person. It was on a Reddit thread. Um, and I think it was on in a public freakout, which I love watching. Yeah. Oh, I, God. I, yes. It's one of I the like best. to see a show. Um, <laughs> one of the best. But uh, anyway, this, this older lady, we'll call her Karen. Uh, this older lady was living in this apartment complex and some kids who are not in school right now uh, had taken the af had taken the afternoon and done some sidewalk chalk down in the parking lot. Okay. So Karen said, I don't want to have to look at this every time I look out my window. And she was out there hosing this down in front of the little girl, yeah. making a display of how much of a piece of crap that, that six-year-old girl was. Yeah. Mind you, I've lived in one of these apartments. It's not a good apartment complex. Um, I, I lived in one of these apartments when I lived in, in Eugene, where it's literally like the the uh, like the the row of like twelve apartments over the top of a parking garage, and out my window is a Carl's Jr. Yeah. 
which by the way, is the apartment complex I lived in. Um, and, uh, and it's like, I'm not exactly ruining the view. In fact, I would love to look down and see, you know, the beautiful drawings and the, and the pictures of flowers and the hopscotch to know my community is still having fun during this really difficult time. Yeah. But instead, I made this six-year-old feel like absolute trash and I'm going to sit there and hose it off in front of her and tell her what a piece of crap she is. Yeah. Yo, y'all want to know the best way to hose off chalk you don't like to see? Just like wait for the kids that drew it to go away. Right. <laughs> then go out and hose it off. Wait till the night go out and hose it off the fact that she hosed it off my the worst part for me is like the camera pans over and it's just this little girl crying and she's and, just in tears and then it goes back to the lady and she's just like won't shut her mouth hosing it and, off and, and and as as the father of a seven-year-old and a two-year-old who my deck is covered in sidewalk chalk right now I, I am the eyesore of the neighborhood at the moment. Number one, we moved into the house and we haven't done any landscaping since we moved in. I haven't even <laughs> mowed the lawn yet. That's um, dangerous outside. It, yeah. Here, take this. Um, <laughs> um, it's dangerous to go along. Take this. Uh, anyway, we haven't even done any landscaping yet. Now, to be fair, we have a lawn company coming on Friday who is going to spend the entire day here with the entire crew weeding and and raking and blowing and doing everything else and we are going to look like a million bucks by the end of the week but at the same time i have a deck that's sitting out in the front of my house and uh and it is covered in sidewalk chalk and and misspelled words and flowers and and you know soup kitchen and and things like that because my girls go out there and they play mud kitchen all the time and they're they're doing whatever they want on the deck and the dogs are out there barking and having fun with them and it is one of the joys in my life right now to be able to sit in my in my dining room and watch them just go. Yeah. Um and to to be that heartless to to walk out onto someone, you know, to walk into a street and and crush that little ball of sunshine. I can't even imagine how dark that life must be. So Yeah. I know. What a sad yeah. existence. Yep. Don't be a Karen, y'all. Don't be a Karen. Don't be a Karen. And if your be name's Karen, this isn't a reflection I don't mean on you. you. Yeah. Just I don't, don't mean you. Just I don't mean you be... have an unfortunate name. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sure there's one or two good Karens out there. Yeah. I've I've met one. <laughs> I'm sure they're out there. I'm. They're out there. They're just out there. you know, mind your step. You know. You're all good. There's other people out there. Yep. Well, hey, that seems uh, like a good a place as any. Maybe not the best, but <laughs> it's a place. Personally, we're all good people here. All the people watching, y'all are ballers. Y'all are awesome people out there. I you love know? that. I, by the way, I have RTX voice on you as well. And I love that it just bleeped you. Oh, did it? It did. It totally oh, did. Come on. It was perfect. <laughs> perfect. I was just trying to say y'all are cool people. Y'all are <laughs> nice and friendly and every single one of you people coming in every week watching us. It literally out. just bleeped one word and it was absolutely perfect. <laughs> You'll have to go back and watch. <laughs> and do nothing right. Yeah. Curse these remote shows. Yeah. Drake says at Craft Computing, as the father of a seven-year-old and a one-year-old who are stuck inside 90% of the time right now, as my kids are as well, that sounds like the best Picasso to ever have been. Uh, it, uh, if your neighbors don't agree, they can at me and I will take care of them for you. 
Baller. Thank you so much. Baller move. Dude. And and that goes for you as well. You need a little support? Give me a ring. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this has been it for uh, Talking Heads episode 131 here on Craft Computing. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already and drop this video a like. Also, make sure to follow the links down in the video description. Follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing. Follow Rhett on, uh, on Twitter at Rhett is Awesome. Also, check him out at Game Devs Quest. Um, Rhett, you have anything coming out on the game dev side of things? I know it's kind of a weird time. It is super weird. We just wrapped up our seventh game jam, the OMG yeah. jam. I knew that was, was either a, coming up or had just passed. Just ended on Monday. So okay, it, was, okay. it was a six yeah. week long event, but you guarantee as long as people need to stay indoors <laughs> to stay safe and healthy, we're going to be throwing more events. Uh, the podcast is, is is slowing down, unfortunately, but we got a very active Discord and very active event community. So if making games is your thing, that's where you can find us over there on Twitter. Or if you want to learn, I mean, we got artists, we got musicians, we've got designers and developers, man. You pick it, man. If wanted to learn how to make games is your thing, we're your home. That was wonderful. <laughs> Uh. Anyway, um, I think that's about it. Uh, if you would like to financially donate to the show, you can either do that through Super Chat. We always read every Super Chat that comes in as long as it's appropriate. Or the even better way, follow the link down in the video description to my Patreon. Uh, I brag about this a lot, but it is absolutely true. Coolest bunch of cats I've ever known in my life and one of the best internet communities I've ever been involved with. Um, it is seriously an awesome place. We have we have help forums for, for building PCs for either beginners or experts. Uh, we have networking help, uh, both, you know, home lab and professional level networking help on there. Um, we've got meme wars. We've got uh, what are you drinking and eating today? Uh, today I posted a picture of my Chinese food and my whiskey haul. You know, uh, and it's it's stuff like that. And it's going pretty much 24 hours a day. Oh, and then we also discuss my videos when I post them on there. But that's really not the best part. It's no. the behind the scenes <laughs> access. And it's and it's the community itself that makes yeah. it great. I mean, myself, Rhett, John, uh, and Steve are pretty much always on there as well. Um, I am on there every single day for at least a solid four hours. Um, but uh, does Rhett have a YouTube channel or is it just the Twitter and the Discord? Uh, Rhett is just the Twitter account and then you've technically also got GameDevsQuest.com, right? Yeah, GameDevsQuest.com. Yeah, that's a place. You can find our podcasts, our Twitter. Yep. You can find anything you need there. That's a place. Yep. Uh, it's, got, uh, it's got links to all of our other links. But, uh, but no, seriously, if you are thinking about you know, wanting to support the channel in, in any such way, shape, and form. Uh, that that Patreon literally does help me keep the lights on around here and, and helps keep content coming to you. And you get a chat with all of us, plus the really freaking cool community that's over there. Um, we have more to announce there shortly. So uh, if you're thinking about it, please do join. Uh, it is much appreciated. Either a dollar, five dollars, whatever you got. Um, it is definitely appreciated. Um, anyway, that is going to do it for us. Please join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. And as always, we'll see you next time. Literal.